Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Episode 7 of God of War Podcast, a weekly gathering of friends and peers for the discussion, speculation, and in-depth analysis of Sony Santa Monica's upcoming father and son odyssey and masterpiece in the making, God of War. I am your regular host, Albert, and today we are going to be diving straight into all of the magnificent, amazing, speechlessness-inducing gameplay that was recently released across the internet, essentially, and I cannot wait to dive into all of that with you today. So for our new listeners, this epic saga, born from the ashes of tragedy and grief and led by the promise of regaining a god's long-lost humanity through his fate-chosen son, set amidst the snow-capped valleys and firelit, rune-carved forests of Norse myth, truly marks a landmark evolution in, and genuinely represents the ultimate embodiment of, the maturation and growth of the interactive medium. Writer and director Cory Barlog, who brought us the second chapter of Kratos' story over a decade ago, and his team of phenomenally talented artists, programmers, and designers, have similarly embarked upon a perilous journey of their own, creating a living, breathing vision of Norse mythology, the likes of which have never been seen in any medium. The level of care, passion, love, and sheer attention to detail and authenticity being poured into realizing this vision from Barlog's tireless and peerless colleagues evokes and arguably surpasses the exhaustive and faithful lengths to which director Peter Jackson and his company went to in order to bring Tolkien's Middle-earth to spectacular, emotionally nuanced, and vibrant life. Beyond being simply the next chapter in a long and winding tale, God of War is the full realization of an entire real-world mythology, one long deserving of a portrayal of the highest quality, nuance and respect, and so a long-forgotten timeless tale is set to unfold. With that regular rundown out of the way, let's get the show started. Fantastic. So right off the bat, I need to give major props and kudos and appreciation to Matt Sophos, the writer of God of War, uh, and to Corey Barlog um, for our interactions on Twitter, which have been nothing short of amazingly day-making, like they've made my day sort of thing. Uh, that's being conservative, actually probably making my week sort of month sort of thing it, just to know that they're that connected to the folks who are following the um uh yeah the lead up to the release of god of war and just directly speaking to either of them if they're listening or anyone who knows it uh, either party like um it's something that i find regularly find myself short of being able to adequately express how grateful I am um, for your endeavors and I uh, cannot wait obviously to, to play the game but more than that like I um, recently sort of uh, expressed my feelings about the latest teaser um, uh, there's the gameplay obviously we're going to get around to uh, later in the show but the, the teaser which was the um, the 60 second arrow uh, ad um, or the short as I call it it's a short um, again that, that really does sort of embody um, uh, the where things are at now with uh, with God of War and where things are at now with this medium and the maturation of this medium, as I say, on the top of every show. Um, I do try to sort of stay composed and kind of streamlined and kind of, you know, do the show from from a, from a place of you know being centered and everything but one thing that knocks me dead uh and and not and and, and take takes me aback really is is consistently seeing how increasingly uh this team has proven themselves to really take on the mantle of 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 
not just maturing the medium but adding beautiful like like a whole universe of dimension to it right so um i think ign expressed you know we are in a a post last of us world or we're in a post uncharted world and this is what a a god of war you know quote unquote would look like but i really think that I, and you can sense from everything you, we're seeing from this game that it doesn't come from some kind of like following of trends or anything. This story feels completely organic to Kratos's character, and it feels completely organic to the idea that, um, you know, Kratos in a, in a way, um, at least up until this title, where now that's being challenged, he was an archetype of very uh, aggressive, you know, borderline toxic. Even though he did some, he did have some anti-hero aspects to him uh yeah sort of borderline toxic masculinity very very rage driven uh very kind of like excessively like macho but obviously there's a lot of pain there and, and and that tends to be what's at the heart of of when people do posture around and sort of throw up these um uh these uh these you know this this kind of excessive personality of um of, of just rage and like forceful sort of yeah that sort of forceful vibe of, of of how he was before which he did he just to the point where he like murdered an entire pantheon like that's all you need to know really uh, about the man uh, from that point of view but um this evolution of the character feels so so sincere to who he is uh to who um kratos is and it 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 just it balks it balks me uh it really leaves me just completely speechless um even though i've got the show and the podcast and i'm 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 actually verbalizing what i feel it's still the sentiment still rings um as the only thing that kind of even comes close to expressing how how grateful i am for 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 the direction of the of 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 this story that it's going and when arrow came out um it i i they, it just basically solidified for me that uh, these people are not messing around like they are fully invested in the emotional nuance of this story in the timelessness of the story in the abiding archetypes um uh that are, that are being that like this that this tale like it feels like a lost page it feels like kratos's story and atreus's story is something you would find in one of those lost pages um which I suppose is, you know, to to really like I've you know I've read through the Prosetta and I've I've been obviously especially since starting the show have been diving in um to the myths um it just feels so natural that way there's there's something that really resonates um from that point of view but however um you know uh, obviously there's uh there's stories with like Star Wars like Vader and Luke there's that father son aspect but in terms of a quest with a father and son on it as, except for something maybe like the road which has a very very different tone even though it has that sense of you know uh the father keeping the boy alive and everything that 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 kind of fits that way you know Cormac McCarthy's novel and Viggo Mortensen's uh, movie and I think Cody Smith McPhee was the was the kid in that one but but yeah um I just immediately off the bat I had to say um and address anyone who uh either if it's Matt or Corey directly if they do listen to these shows listening to me ramble but um that's me and I I'm, I'm I thought that after putting it in that letter that I wrote you guys uh that I would have just at least maybe gotten it out of my system in some way to say here's something here's like a five page letter that expresses uh how much you and each of every person on the team means to me personally uh for um how how with with the extent of of dignity the extent of respect and 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 um and the sense that like this medium can take it it can take this and it is it is not not only can it take it but it is suited in its very fibers in, in the very in the very definition of what uh, this medium is which is interactive just like life itself it is 
it, it really it, it's such a massive leap forward for the maturation of the medium for, for some for for an industry for a um for a franchise that had gone down this direction of uh and and was defined by in many ways god of war was synonymous with hack and slash um you know orbs flying across the screen and just like combo you know all that kind of stuff which absolutely had its place at the time but um we're getting everything now uh and we can like like that's it's it's a parlance that i use sometimes just when i'm just riffing with friends about it's like you can have both you can have you can do everything you don't have to be defined by one aspect and in fact it gives it makes you all the stronger it's like an alloy metal you know when you meld things together in this way that they flow so so beautifully together um it's it's unbeatable and like andrea renee uh, in her impressions on what's good games uh, said something beautiful which was i felt this uh, this pervading sense of balance throughout the gameplay this pervading sense of um uh that everything was um it just came in at exact at the exact right moment so the combat flowed into exploration flowed into uh you know um narrative moments you know so yeah that's my sort of opening little spiel there but listeners uh obviously if you're new to the show welcome I'm Albert. I have I run the Interactive Artistry Podcast Network, which includes a Fumito Ueda podcast, Death Stranding podcast. Um, we also have the Shadow Dome, which is a Pacific Rim podcast that breaks format a little bit, but it's just I have a great passion for particularly things that have um, have this uh, under uh, underappreciated nuance to them that I like to kind of give voice to with these platforms. So very much in tune with what Interactive's Artistry is about. Um, and then we have God of War podcast, um, and then our main show, which is Interactive Artistry, just where we talk about um all sorts of upcoming releases where that main show actually has um two sub sub series one of them is called uh, make this exist where we take uh, a concept that just by all rights just should exist already like um like an inception game that's sort of my go-to for that one um and like just we sort of take that concept and we run with it for an entire episode and we think about okay what uh, what game would provide a really good blueprint for this if we were to actually pitch this? So we, we actually go full in in depth. It's not just some throwaway um, conversation we have. We actually dive deep in. Lovely. Um, so make this exist. I'll just mention this. Like God of War, this God of War is a make this exist for me. It, it's it's if I had started the podcast like maybe five six years ago, I would have said, you know what, I would love make this exist. Make a God of War that um, approaches this material, approaches the myth in more in less of a sense that it's like just the setting. Even though, look, Cygnus, one of my co-hosts, he 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 has mentioned that like he he got deep into like reading about like Greek myth and everything coming off of the setting, and they weren't dilettantish about it they 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 very much made it like a core of what it was but uh, of what the setting was but the greek mythology but um but there's a sense that they're going so much deeper with Norse mythology here and you know bear mccreary saying that they actually went to iceland to um record with an icelandic um choir speaking Ice, old old norse uh, which is well you know icelandic is the closest analog in modern times to Nor- old norse so they've really ramped things up you know so i had to sort of mention that so that's like you know, I sort of uh, parked the tour bus a little bit there when I was just sort of going through what we all each do, but I had to kind of give that moment to like, that's what God of War is to me. It's it's a dream come true in, in so many respects. And shout out to Brock and your tusked uh, tapir, which I love so dearly. And your tent is just the coziest place. And I just would like to just like hang out there instead of going on this big, massive adventure, even though Lots of Draga to be killed and uh, fire trolls to be felled. But uh, I would just like chill there. I'd be like, have a nap. And I'd be like, oh, really? Is it time? Oh, you fixed my axe? Okay, well, time to go. So, but anyway, 
so yeah, that's one of our, our sub-segments for the main show. And then the other one is um, it's called Love at First Play, which I'm sure is going to be the case <laughs> for this God of War. Um, but we obviously have a whole show dedicated to God of War, so you'll hear my impressions of the game when we eventually get around to playing it here. Um, yeah, so coolie coolies. But yeah, so that's that's all of our network there. I figured I'd introduce the network to some of the new listeners, especially after the gameplay. Some people might be looking for things to listen to on their commutes and everything, just that that breaks down what, what we're seeing. And believe me, we have that very much in mind. Um, I would uh, like to say that uh, these shows, you know, I, I record strictly at 7 p.m. Uh, Australian uh, Eastern Time. Um, uh, just to kind of help things with the network to be like smooth and reliable and like people appreciate schedules and I certainly do. Um, so I want uh, the episodes to come out when they do. I don't mind doing solo at all, but uh, as you may have known from some of the earlier episodes, I, I do record sometimes with others. So, but this is just uh, yourself and me as we go through all of this gameplay, which believe me, there's, there's a lot. There is so much to break down. Keep in mind um, uh, up until a couple, uh, sorry, up, up until like a day ago, all we had was a couple of trailers, uh, a 10-minute, um, you know, the 10-minute 2016 trailer. We had the very short Paris Games Week trailer. We had the very short um, E3 2017 trailer, I believe, with the the reveal of the um, the World Serpent. Um, and uh, yeah, we had the, the the ad, obviously, from the, the ESPN kind of floor ad, which I don't think we've even um, covered that much on the main show. There has been a bit of a break uh, with us here just as we figured out schedules, but now like that we're on full steam ahead with interactive artistry, sort of the rebranding and everything. So really looking forward to diving into so much of this with you. But let us crack on to our structure, which we do have one. We have one for each of our shows and for the God of War show, we have nine segments. Nine segments for nine realms. <laughs> so the first is going to be what I'm kind of in the middle of, which is a kind of a catch up of how sort of God of War has been, uh, like what's sort of been the week in God of War, which you can imagine with the gameplay and the new teaser, there is so much to discuss, which is going to be really awesome. Um, then the overview, we're going to just, I'm just going to go over in broad strokes of what I'm going to sort of be talking th uh, through um, the rest of the episode um, and uh, an overview of the main subject, which I just want to give like maybe like a five minute just tease of, of what I'm going to dive into in terms of discussing the gameplay. Um, after that, we have news. So we're just going to jump onto all the main Twitters, including um, now uh, from the replies that I've been like him, like Cygnus and I actually, we, um, we're um, tagged in one of Matt Sofos's uh, replies about saying that he actually enjoyed the show. So again, on top of the at the at the top of the show, shout out and and uh, um, sharing of appreciation for your work, Matt. Uh, I need to redouble on that right here, here and now. Um, uh, you are a a core a core pillar to me of um, of 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 the proof that this medium has uh, and that it is showing through your game and through your work that the art form that is interactive that the that is the interactive medium um, does truly and earnestly represent the evolution of of what art is to me um, and uh, I think I've expanded on this a little bit on other shows maybe on other episodes of God of War but uh, the shared facet that life has with interactive um, experiences like games it's the only medium that, I mean, I sometimes feel like I may be seeing this ad nauseum, but it bears repeating because I don't see it being, being discussed as much out there. Like it is the art form that parallels life itself in the closest way. And Neil Druckmann once said this, he says, we can leverage that uh, to, to have the most impactful, beautiful, immersive, moving experiences that 
creativity itself is capable of and we are creative beings we were given this gift um you know uh where like as i said it on shadow dome recently like birds were given wings fish were given fins uh, and gills and we were given this capacity to um have this self-awareness and then to uh and um and to, to dream to to imagine to create and so we are we received a little droplet of whatever cosmic force you believe in entities our energy we received a little droplet of that and and that's part of who we are um, to our core, and and we experience things consciously. We experience things interactively. Where where we make these choices in life, which is parallels how you make choices in games. You don't make a choice unless it is the very first choice, which is switch TV on or switch TV off or switch film on or switch off. That's the only choice that's involved there. A game is a gauntlet of choices uh which is life life is a, is a series of choices um this is the forefront of art and might so first you are on the very forefront of that um forefront <laughs> and i'll say this of, of of corey as well and of everyone working on at sony santa monica right now your paragons to me your peerless and um you inspire me every day to to continue uh growing interactive artistry into whatever it will become so thank you thank you so much to yourself, Matt, and to Corey, and to Shannon Studstill, to Raf Grassetti, uh, to everyone on the team. Ajit Shroff, who recently spoke to, yeah, What's Good Games, everyone, um, uh, Angela Angelotti, I'm trying to remember everyone's names. I want to remember everyone's names at one point, and at one point, have everyone on the production of God of War as a guest on this show. That's going to be fun. Uh, let's say like roughly 400 people including external agencies worked on it i want to interview each and every one of you just like i want to do that with mini tees at one point i will be uh later this year um debuting uh the order 1886 podcast so little teaser right there but needless to say triply quadruply quintuply reiterating to to matt um and to, to Corey and to, and to Shannon, thank you so much for everything that you've done, especially coming from like, this wasn't something where everything was handed to someone else. This is yourselves maturing. This is yourselves gaining these dimensions and becoming more dimensionalized and, 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 and further well-rounded people um, and sharing your stories in this way where you have this the stamina and the energy and the verve. Maybe you hide it well, but you have that of a new studio, uh, of, 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 of go-getters that way. And I have such admiration of that. It's so easy to lose track, um, to lose touch with that energy, that, that initial creative spark. But um, I know, especially with becoming a parent, uh, not myself personally, maybe one day, um, but like that's something where, you know, that can, you can either take two avenues. One is to let it drain you. One is to let it inspire you. And I think that's happened with Corey's case with the, with the game. And, um, and, and, you know, the more I learn about Matt, the more uh, Matt so first in maybe interviews, which I'm hoping to see more uh, with him and then Shannon as well, like just give me the four hour, five hour blue, blue, Blu-ray documentary. That's what I want. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously as things calm down in the aftermath, of the release it'll be great to get you on the show via skype each and every one of you so lots of love from australia canberra australia the the camouflaged capital as i call it because very few people know that yes we are in fact the capital of australia okie dokie so um that was the news part had to say that uh, we are actually in the, still in the middle of doing the rundown of the segments so listeners in case you haven't caught on uh this is kind of the whole vibe of interactive artistry we go long uh we i obviously try to curb in without being indulgent in my rambling but um that's just the vibe of the place and it's kind of what we're setting up with interactive artistry is the idea that these um are yeah they're they're the sort of thing where if you have to like a, have a really long bike commute or some kind of like subway uh you know 
a certain a certain amount of time where you need to just like have someone uh, alongside you doing whatever. Like that's that's for me. That's something that I resonate with and what inspired uh, the the long form format of the show. On top of that, it's also because like yeah, I just this is how I talk. So yeah, I'm I'm happy for people to if they don't resonate with it, absolutely go right ahead and find any other outlet that suits you. But uh, that's the vibe here at Interactive Artistry. Okay. So Reddit readouts is our next segment of that. So that's our fourth segment um, where I'll just jump on the Reddit and um, I want to shout out a whole bunch of folks because there's been so much great activity around the Reddit and we want it to, to grow even even more every day. Um, that's that's definitely the goal. And, and it is where Reddit is very much where um, the Interactive Artistry Network kind of arose from. Um, and so I just show my love to them. <laughs> Everyone there. Um, uh, Primex is, is a badass uh, mod. Gotta, gotta shout you out, my friend. Keeping things together, especially with all these um, spoiler-rife um, uh, waters. And quick little tease. Um, I may cave as we're discussing it. I'll be on the Reddit. It'll, it'll, it may happen that I know DC Forever 28. My co-host James doesn't want me to, but the name of the mother has been revealed, and I, I'm not sure. I'm still on the fence, so you'll have to tune in and uh, continue staying tuned in to see whether or not I, I dive into that. Because at the moment I'm unspoiled, but who knows what happens? Who knows what'll happen in the middle of the episode? But there's a little tease there. All right, so our fifth segment is pre-recording post comments. So usually I uh, post to the Reddit, and I have, and we've had many amazing replies um, of people giving their impressions on the gameplay because that's what I requested. I said I'd like as many gameplay impressions as possible, and they have arrived um, en masse, so that'll be fun to go through. Um, then we have our main topic, uh, which will be the gameplay, uh, and the arrow um, short, which I, again, I gave a little tease of in the, in the, in the beginning, but I want to scrub through both of them for all of you. And uh, yeah, we'll have a bit of fun there, sort of breaking things down, and we can look at, because again, going at this more deliberate of a pace, um, as my uh, colleague, sorry, colleague, as my co-host uh, and friend uh, Cygnus does, like he, he takes this closer lens and he does it in these edited videos, which I love so much. And I'm sure all of our audience, you know, they, they, they've seen like featuring Cygnus with our channel. And that's like, he's very kindred to us that way. We just have this thing of like um, what we're seeing directly then and there as we, it's just a different way of essentially having the same level of uh, passion and, and, and close analysis of the material. It's just two different approaches. So that's how we connected in the first place as um, God of or appreciators. So that's going to be that. Uh, and then we have our um, eighth, seventh segment actually is the Norse law. So this week, um, sort of in honor of, uh, as I was saying about the lost pages, you know, um, about how like this really feels just so genuine, so sincere, and like the topic of fathers and sons, um, I'm going to be uh, diving into uh, father and son relationships in, uh, in Norse myth. And, um, you know, we we can look at uh, Odin and and Thor is 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 one of the go-tos, but I also want to look at Loki and his children um, for some of the uh, interesting um, uh, yeah just psychology of 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 the Norse myths in that way. So that's kind of going to be the light theme. I may dip into other kinds because it's uh, usually there's a particular theme for the Norse myth, but that's sort of my what I'm feeling like talking about. But I wouldn't be surprised if um, uh, you know I pull up something that just like sweeps me off in a completely other direction um and who knows just from reading and like watching the gameplay if something comes up like the the um uh the the two wolves are chasing the sun and moon um i i think we're gonna have to dive into that obviously with atreus reading that out we need that in our lives so we're gonna do that um so yeah that'll be that and then our eighth segment will be community suggested topics um 
I, I'm just going to breeze over all the outlets and just sort of bring, bring up anyone who's sort of gotten in touch directly uh, with the, their comments and um, their questions, which will be lots of fun, I think, um, and sort of answer those, which will be, yeah, you know, and who knows, those, that might lead to other kinds of discussions um, entirely and maybe even topics for future shows if we don't have enough time, but um, that's going to be fun. And then our ninth segment is the sign-off. And so I'll just sort of go through all the, um, all the readouts of, uh, yeah, our outlets and everything. So that's kind of... The structure so it's always nice to know like a bit of a theater program uh type thing you know going in and um we've we have uh i think we've moved away from timestamping uh the um the episodes on the youtube but we will we'll get around to it i think it'll be fun to do that um so yeah i wanted to just sort of yeah give you guys a quick little overview of um what is ahead fantastic so let's crack on with our first segment which is the catch-up now I don't need to tell you that there has been a, an explosion of news around God of War. We have um, the, the embargo on the gameplay has lifted. My man Cygnus is incredibly busy right now creating his um, uh, gameplay breakdown, which will, as always, be phenomenal. Um, and my co-hosts, James and Yusuf, sometimes there's time zone issues, sometimes there's all kinds of issues, but the show must go on. And it'll be great to get their impressions on uh, future shows down the line, which will be so much fun. And you bet that, uh, you know, like as, as things ramp up, it's it's just well, the most important thing is just to keep breathing. And that's what the, the equivalent of keeping breathing with a podcast network is to just keep releasing the episodes on time. And we'll get through this, <laughs> you know. So but basically i yeah it's where to begin with this gameplay so the best thing i can do is to bring up um playstation underground's um amazing uh um breakdown that they did um or rather just they sort of talked over uh the the gameplay that was there and um and yeah i really love those hosts i've actually had a little back and forth with them on twitter you know uh um um, Ryan McCaffrey, oh, not Ryan McCaffrey, sorry, oh my gosh, um, goodness, that's Ryan McCaffrey from IGN, uh, yeah, no, 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 not Ryan McCaffrey, Sid Schumann, obviously, uh, Sid Schumann, uh, from, uh, the PlayStation blog, yeah, and, uh, Ryan, uh, ooh, he is, if he's listening, Ryan Clemens, there you go, this awesome legendary person here. Um, and yeah, so no, I've had back and forth with them both. There's lots of Ryans. Yeah, there's uh, there's a couple of Ryans, a couple of um, different kind of uh, yeah people. So it's yeah, sometimes you get them confused. It's just, but it's all love. There's just love right there. So, all right. So yeah, no, it was great, and uh, we went through it. And uh, gosh, um, they they actually like highlighted a lot of really great um. A lot of really great sort of things that I hadn't picked up on the first time. So yeah, I had to, I had to, yeah, you know, dive straight into that for sure. Justin Mazigu and Christian Titus, I think, are the actual uh, people alongside Sid doing that. My apologies. Love you, Ryan. But um, yeah, I yeah usually I I've seen him on um, uh, on Underground before, so it's just this sort of the assumed knowledge there. But um, no, it it uh, it was my favorite <laughs> playstation underground so far um by a long shot and uh i can't even believe it um it gives me this this sense that because there is this pantheon for me of like a handful of games that are just the games that are advancing the medium in this way that i'm that are really just on the horizon that way just to give me just to think of like that they'll be covering things something like death stranding that there'll be a um 
a uh, a PlayStation uh, Underground for Death Stranding, and there'll be the logo and everything. It's it's super surreal. And then obviously for Days Gone and Spider Man and um, The Last of Us Part Two, and um, so they do great work there. But we're taking them aside um, here on our sort of little. Uh, in the uh, in the incredibly uh, opulent studios of uh, interactive artistry on our giant 75 inch <laughs> screen TV, you'll believe anything. You'll believe anything I say here on this podcast, because uh, you know audio only, my friends. So yeah, I'm bringing it up here, and we're gonna go at uh, playback speed. Um, we'll go zero point. You know what? Let's go zero point twenty five. Let's like settle in bunnies settle in it's time to go so at 0.00 we see obviously mature 17 blood and gore intense violence strong language which is something that like i welcome it you know it worked well for god of war i think sorry it worked well for um uh yeah for um um game of thrones but and i think it's going to work well for god of war all right so immediately axe to the face let's pause here at 0.06 and talk about some of this now heads up display stuff I am a big fan of this head-up display. Uh, no big surprise. Uh, they have improved, um, I think, the placement of some of these icons versus where they were in the 2016 trailer, where they were sort of up the top, like the, the Spartan Rage meter. So top left, I think they were, or top right. I think it was top left. Um, and I just, I am a big fan of of out uh, of layout, and um, and I love like putting together like PDFs and stuff. All of our show notes, I, I do them personally, and just getting that look exactly right. Like there's this OCD sense that you want it to feel exactly right, and that's the feeling I'm getting here from these icons. So iconography, everything, you know. I just think it all it's all lining up so perfectly. Um, and it just feels like here's the thing. So the genre that it is going for is this thing that like it is not outright action, it's not outright RPG, it's not outright open world, but it gives the feeling of all of these. And the HUD re- represents that. The HUD reflects that, you know? So to the side you have the pop-ups um with like what RPGs do, which is like, oh, gold collected or potion collected and everything. So you have that, right? Um and then to the left you have uh you know extra in- item information like uh say if you've uh, obtained or your like um your axe is like has a new sort of power or anything, it'll you'll see the notifications there. Um a couple of things down bottom left uh it's interesting. I, I think that the icons, those might uh, indicate like different kind of rune powers. So looking forward to sort of seeing that as we go along. And then bottom right, I'm not sure. Uh, so we'll, as we go along, we will find get a bit more context with that. So pressing play again. The quick turnaround is a fantastic option that you can, it's going to help with strategy so much. And um, just seeing this stuff in this in this slow-mo format is just fascinating. And um, Leviathan is just on another level. And it is a magical axe, obviously, and uh, it'll it'll float around until you recall it, or it'll stay embedded in the ground until you recall it. It's it's uh, the whole thing is that it's basically an extension of your will type thing, you know. Um, and yeah, as as you slow it down, like it, it just directly embeds itself super dramatically into the ground, um, and you'll recall it from anywhere you are on the battlefield. So, charging up that strike is on another level of intensity, and because of the sort of lava kind of blood nature of the um, uh, of the Draga, it's uh, it's insane. Just the gore <laughs> in that sort of lava, lava, lava gore, <laughs> lava core, uh, is incredible. So I'm digging that. A little moment of speculation as the PlayStation Underground logo uh, kind of sort of does its thing. Wondering how and where Kratos actually gets that axe, and um, because if it was created, I'm pre- pausing here at zero twenty three. 
if it was created by Brock and Sindri um, for, to sort of be the companion of the one who would fell and bring and lay low the insane kind of um, son of Odin who is just like genocidally, you know, going about the town like slaying all the Jotun, um, then how did he come across it? If, if it's communicated in Joe Castillo's um, sort of sand art or ash art rather that he did uh, during the um, Saga Born of Ash presentation, um, then yeah, so it's presented there as though he carved it or that he was handed to him by the the woman by by the mother so again as we dive into the uh the reddit i i, I already think i'm going to crack and just jump in there and learn the mother's name i think I, someone called me out, i was like you have to discuss it and i'm like i know <laughs> i guess i'm just drawing out the length of time from now until i actually spoil myself in the middle of the show so you'll hear that live but again i i maintain this about spoilers everyone uh, there are there is such a thing as being outright spoiled and down like like in the way that it's really damaging, which is someone just like sits you down, and tells you the whole thing, and there's no mystery whatsoever. But to get glancing spoilers, um, here's my thoughts on that. So I read an article not long ago. I may if I'm not lazy enough with the edit, I will include it in the show in the show notes. But it was basically George R. R. Martin himself. He took the moment uh, of people getting all up in arms about I think it was like season six spoilers or something or season five, and he said I I genuinely don't understand and this is the the guy who 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 puts so much effort into his books and so much effort into these build-ups and into these character twists you know it's like character deaths are pretty much the spoileriest thing you can do and his story is full of full of it right but he of all people said um i don't understand why people get so caught up of, of caught up over spoilers and by by no stretch should the reason that you watch or read or listen to something be only that it hasn't been spoiled for you like he, he's basically like throwing up a massive banner and like a standard bearer for just like these things are worthwhile unto themselves as especially with films and games where it's not just one author it's it's like hundreds of people have worked on this uh on this game or on this um film for example and you're going to like either like have a less impactful experience like 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 that like that will somehow make it so that you won't watch it like it's i won't say anything short of like you know i won't say anything like to the to the extent of like man up or woman up or anything of like like deal with it but all he's saying is like the the, the reason it shouldn't be the main reason why you watch something is to have it completely fresh like that's and he, and he says something verbatim along the line paraphrasing him here but he says um uh yeah if i thought that that was the best thing about reading a book like that, that he just said that that's basically whack you know <laughs> which is and it's important to remember that you know it's important to 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 take that to take that moment and realize well this this is so much more than whether or not it's spoiled you know uh it should not be the reason it should not be the only reason that you watch something like uh or, or read something the fact that it's unspoiled like it adds an element of surprise but the, the story itself is what is worthwhile and um to honor that is to to experience that regardless of any spoilers and again you know um it, one thing that's happened for me sometimes i've read a spoiler but when i'm so caught up in the story i i forget the spoiler you know so again if you go into something latching onto spoilers they will haunt you and they will affect your experience but if you just say oh that happened and then you just let it literally let it like melt away from your mind and don't give it that stigma then you will actually enjoy the thing even more you know and in some occasions as i found sometimes a little bit something where something like a, a tantalizing detail can actually have the opposite effect like it has a positive effect it can it, it can tantalize you you know so figured i'd mention that 
Okie dokie, well let us jump in, because this is a 16 minute video, and if we go at this pace, we'll all be 70 by the time I finish. So, just paused here um, at 023, um, looking at Kratos' very like, almost like red clay kind of like shoulder armor. It's very interesting, I like that design. Um, and uh, yeah, looking at Atreus's, uh, you know, his, his quiver, um, which obviously gets upgraded as time goes along. It's very kind of scrappy here, but I'm sure as he as they go along, they'll come across different kind of treasures and such, you know, and uh, the, uh, yeah, the bows and such, it'll, it'll all be upgraded. So I think he, you know, very similar to how in RPGs you can't really discard your original equipment, or there are some elements like that. I think Bloodborne does that. It sort of grays it out and, and, and forbids you, or prevents you rather, um, from from deleting it. But uh, yeah, so it just made me sort of just having here with Atreus in frame, um, seeing the different kind of arrows. And yeah, my, my man Cygnus speculated about the different kind of elements that it might control uh, or that it might project out. Um, yeah, so but these ones here they just they they're like red with white flecks, so um yeah, fire is is my guess for that. Or just maybe basic, because um that could be the thing there. So now it's so important for you all right now to understand that what I just saw. Okay, so zero twenty-four, Kratos just like stepped in some mud. Albert, why are you pulling us up on mud? We have lives to live. We need to crack on with this gameplay. No. No, I'm going to pause things now and you need to look at that amazing like mud animation it's insane like it the, the particular it doesn't it doesn't look like a it actually looks dynamically generated it doesn't look like oh that's like as they did in the sort of ps2 and ps3 or even ps1 days they just put the sort of stock standard just like every footstep was the same kind of uh, effect that it had on the environment that looked for real <laughs> that looked like actual substance was disturbed digital substance that like reacted dynamically uh to the movement so just had to shout that out i'm not gonna pass that up uh and then yeah to the left we see like an idol of some kind which looks like it has like blood dripping off it which is very fascinating again if you're not in the position to do this now with me um if you don't have like something like youtube red where you can save uh the um, video on your phone and if you want to scrub through it with me that's totally fine I don't even think, I think you can do both, uh, but sometimes, you know, with iPhone, if you're playing one audio, you might not be able to. But either way, if you get around to scrubbing through this alongside me, I'm at 024 right now. So let us crack along. So I'm a big fan of this area here, the gate of the uh, of the Vanir or, or the gate of these beings, which uh, I've speculated might be some strain of elf. Um, uh, or just, yeah, the, the, the minor Norns as... Uh, as, as my pal Cygnus has uh, taken to saying. Um, at this stage, it's it looks like he's, he's received a few Brock upgrades, or Brock upgrades <laughs> with the axe, so you can see the, the extra detail being added to the haft. Um, further on in the um, adventure, we'll see obviously him being able to add sort of the extra detailing and sort of the steel-capped pommel, uh, the carved steel-capped pommel, which is amazing. Um, but this entire environment is just absolutely breathtaking. Um, uh, you know uh, the IGN uh, folks. You know Ma Marty Sleva. He, uh, he 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 took a moment to be like, this is just beyond gorgeous. Um, what we're receiving now in terms of environmental details. So as uh, yeah, Kratos makes his way to this door. Um, it looks as though it would have a couple of different runes there. So some E-shaped runes there. So I'm gonna throw it to Yusuf there for um, uh, like he'll he'll get back to me and we'll sort of riff things and maybe share them on the next episode about what some of that might mean. But uh, very fascinating right there and now as we have this sort of slower this slow, slower sort of um uh, i've sort of paused where the square has appeared over at uh, above Atreus's head um the uh yeah so the symbol beneath Atreus um 
and yeah, beneath that kind of plinth is is definitely looks to be a representation of Yggdrasil, the, the world tree. Um, but these creatures look, um, sorry, these beings with their sort of headdresses, um, we've, we've covered it pretty extensively. I don't want to kind of um, oh, uh, be over, sort of, um, yeah, go, you know, over-explain or, or uh, over-analyze um, them. But uh, needless to say, they are the same creatures at the end of the story trailer uh, with the sort of right, the sort of that sort of white clothing and they're sort of floating and you can't see their feet really although we did do a zoom in and they do have feet and they are actually like people that they don't like they're not like spirits or anything although they could be um and these definitely resemble the um the beings that uh that that sort of have been or at least one of them had followed atreus in that first trailer where it was just so full of um, amazing um easter eggs that one so let's press play again okie dokie um yep so and as he gets closer, yeah. So this is presumably some kind of um, uh, either yeah activation puzzle or something. But we cut we cut away uh, because you know we don't. I think that's what they they don't want to um, reveal too many things uh, about how to actually do puzzles because you want that to be a special thing that you figure out yourself. So we're back with um, uh, in the as I call it the sort of clearing from the E3 2016 uh, trailer, uh, and we pause here at 051. Uh, press R1 for light attack, R2 for heavy attack. So very much paralleling um, the Dark Souls uh, in that respect. And I also believe um, Assassin's Creed uh, made that switch up as well from the face buttons to the trigger buttons. Great to see. Uh, I've always preferred that actually. Um, uh, and it, in fact, uh, you know, there was the halos and like the first person shooters, they made, they made that shift uh, or rather, you know, that just that evolution. If I think about GoldenEye, we had the Z, the Z button, which always had that trigger kind of effect. And it just like trigger became sort of, uh, yeah, the word trigger, like it just became a synonymous with attack or like shoot or fire or whatever. So we do actually have, um, yeah, light, heavy attack, which is probably close quarters. Um, I did hear about triangle being the uh, like throw axe command and that you would press triangle to retrieve it. But um We'll see what the prompts reveal. So he takes this moment to charge his axe with a sort of ice power. It sort of um, increases in size by like 0.5%, like presumably sharp or presumably yeah, elementally charged, definitely. And since these creatures are um, beings of fire uh, and this, you know, being a... Uh, the antithesis of fire, which is ice, you can see where this goes. So I've mentioned this here and there, but again, this could be someone's first episode and they may not, not have thought of this, but um, yeah, Norse mythology was the original ice and fire, like Song of Ice and Fire, like just going to throw that out there. It, it really was. And, uh, you know, the myths actually talk about, you know, um, Muspelheim and uh, uh, Niflheim, you know, the realms of fire and frost that came together and that have always been sort of diametrically opposed and the, the demon Surtur is is there awaiting the uh, time when he will sort of lay low the realms of gods and men um, of, of Norse myth. So that conflict of red and, and blue, you'll see that. And you see that also in um, Atreus's uh, painting, the ones done by uh, Vance Kovacs, I believe the artist is. I will know, this is no joke. I will be memorizing every single person's name. Don't think that i won't maybe not maybe not everyone's name maybe like 50 people but that's still a lot of people okay cracking on so 054 i am a big fan of these health bars all right so there's the bar at the top which um is like presumably health and uh, i'm assuming the one at the bottom I don't. I can't immediately recall uh, when it comes to like the the revenant fight, but it might be something like magic, or or um, if we're looking at sort of Banasaga type parallels, like um, 
armor resistance or something. So uh, yeah, like the Draga doesn't have like next to any armor, so it makes sense that they wouldn't have any. Um, so that is if that is an armor gauge. But uh, love, I love the Draga's design. Pausing here quickly to just mention at 057, uh, ladies and gentlemen, everyone, um, we are uh, we're getting to the point where it's it's a beautiful, especially momentous thing to to see a truly original design. I I just can't recall seeing and like remembering um, or seeing rather before any creatures or like especially foot soldiers with this kind of um, design. You know the lava blood and everything, and, and like you know outside of maybe okay, let's if we expand our spheres out to film. Um, let's think about the Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, the creatures from Davy Jones's kind of uh, his crew and how they're sort of falling apart and they have sort of sea life coming out of them. And they're, and, and yeah, like their, their heads are sort of like half formed and you can see brains and sometimes half of the skull is missing or it's hollowed out. So there's a bit of uh, uh, Crash McCreary who, who actually designed those creatures, um, an element to these creatures. Uh, but uh, it's, it's even even it's even among those like that's the closest thing I can think of and that's purely opposite if you think about it so that's like water based this is like fire and um it they just it's such a striking look um they really could like Draugr they're not this well defined again tying into the idea that this is a a full depiction of like say this is what's not this is without the filter of the the christian missionary you know writing about the myths this is the myths themselves or at least that's what uh, cory and his team are portraying and that really fits with me that i love that it's like oh by the way it's something that uh, snorri didn't get round to or that he wouldn't have been able to know because this was a a little detail that was lost uh, along the years uh, as the years went by uh, of the draga oh no big deal they have um uh, lava blood so it, it just totally fits because if um we think of you know the associations of like the, the realm of fire you know even tolkien you know he he made um uh you know baradur like super muspelheim tastic like really like fire everywhere lava everywhere so like lava can is synonymous with evil really works for this creature design i love how much thought they put into it and yeah shout out to the draugr so pressing play at 058 um he is decimating this thing like it doesn't matter to him that it's already like this thing is gone all right explode like the particle effects are amazing i believe the particle effects some of them even have their own kind of casting their own shadows and just turning just disappearing into into ash it's just so fucking satisfying pardon my old nose <laughs> amazing by the way, English and Old Norse totally connected. So uh, look at uh, that. Literally uh, Wednesday, like the word Wednesday, when we when we do our recordings, uh, that's related to Odin, Odin's day, right? Um, Woden, you know. So look it up. It's incredible how how deeply um, embedded the Norse myths are to like our life. Uh, and this is what Neil Gaiman covers in his book. You know, Thur Thursday is Thor, Thor's day. Um, get into it. It's really beautiful. And and just Google that, Mike really dive as, as deep as you want into Norse myth. You'll never uh, really have covered all the possible like tales and interpretations, even though there's a lot out there with the two the two texts, you know, the Poetic Edda and the Prose Edda. Um, but yeah, just, just the idea, and especially hearing as we've been hearing, which we'll, we'll get to in the new section, um, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the whole idea of like the next title being still in Norse mythology. Thank you. 
I, I had a little concern at one point of like, please don't just leave this setting straight away. Like you've done so much work. Like let's let's fully explore this. And I'm so glad they're gonna. So at least a trilogy. I want the Norse trilogy. Um, and then, you know, Mayan trilogy, go for it. But we gotta have at least a trilogy of these things. Now let's talk about new kill labor. Like this word coming up, new labor, new labor. Um, I'm fascinated by that nomenclature and why they would call it because the labors of, you know, Tre Atreus, the labors of Kratos, they sound, it sounds kind of mythology mythology-tastic, but it could just be referring to a mechanic. So we'll see how we go. I I know, or I know myself, and I know that I'm going to desperately try and keep with the flow of like gameplay, but I am always so tempted immediately to read, like, hold to show journal, like, unless I start getting, like, assaulted by these, like, prompts, which I actually don't mind, like, please do. Um, but I'll, I'll see myself, I think, especially early in the game, um, just, like, constantly reading journal entries. Like, I, uh, this was one of the things I think I requested on Twitter not long ago. Uh, no, it was probably over a year ago. And I was like, you guys have to put some kind of compendium, some kind of... You know what I mean? Like a huge, comprehensive encyclopedia in-game, just like a little bit similar to what um, a Shadow of War did. Like, I need that. And uh, it seems as though my little mini tweet prayer was answered, uh, even though like they didn't do it for me, guys. It's They did it because they're amazing and they're on top of this like no other team I've ever seen about any game ever before. And um, I, I, I gain nothing from superlatives or, or, or smoke blowing. I, I genuinely wouldn't like even think that any of this stuff, uh, you know, I wouldn't think to say any of this stuff unless I, I really, really meant it. So, and I think another big part of this is like, Hey, they kept us waiting and they, in a good way, uh, they, they, they built the hype and the hype is, is actually legit real as uh, Tim Geddes from kind of funny would say. It's so real for this, and um, I'm so glad they held off. Like, uh, you know, uh, other job, uh, sorry, other games would have probably teased it a bit earlier and maybe shown, uh, you know, probably like little snippets here and there. We saw some part of gameplay, like again, the first reveal itself had some, as what you might call gameplay, but without heads-up display. So um, it was a like, I just think it was masterful what they did because now we're a month away. The gameplay hype is real. It's having people like myself uh, reacting and like describing their what they think but it's it's the perfect time to strike with this sort of thing so putting out the arrow spot um and the uh and the gameplay so close to each other is like here's what we're going with the emotional nuance of the story and here's the gameplay that you know us for it's masterful so to possibly the marketers of god of war anyone who on that staff may be listening straight away kudos like big ups uh big props to you um for for doing this it's it's so you you, you you nailed it. You nailed the 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 hype, but also the the subtlety and the the timing is is better than I've ever seen for any game. So incredible work there. Okay, so let's jump back in. I think we're closing into the first minute. Yet yeah, one minute one minute oh six. Pressing play on uh, slower speed. This thing again. It's like within about five seconds. This thing has erupted into Muspelheim tastic flames. You know, which totally fits. Uh, again, great way to do within an with an in-universe justification for these things disappearing versus just fading away and, and feeling, um, you know, video gamey. So, oh, something you wouldn't have noticed, um, as the Draugr's blade, like, like don't discount a Draugr, um, it actually, what goes blue, it actually fires blue beforehand, uh, like blue flame, just at the very edge of the Draugr's weapon. So a little detail that you just wouldn't have noticed unless you were going at the speed. Props to these amazing animators, gosh, and these designers. The atmospherics on this is on another level. Just beyond description almost, but I'll give it my best shot. Um, I am 
head uh, if a man was is able to fall in love with an implement or a weapon like a cert this is certainly the story of albert and the leviathan the, the leviathan axe um never before has a man loved an axe so much <laughs> and and the threat indicators are an excellent addition to gameplay and will basically act as your sort of sp god uh, kratos sense spidey sense type thing and i am going to be tripping so many draga up it's like oh hey stop 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 falling down uh, stop falling down it's going to be so fucking great um oh yeah mini shout out to jason weiser of the myths and legends podcast as we go up to a minute 128 uh for that beautifully told uh and narrated story about uh the draga so again even for the most basic this again pausing here at one minute and 30 uh as kratos is literally decimating one of these things into oblivion um we need to take a moment for uh the lost pages um of Neil smith which is uh our fellow uh, god of war podcast out there the official uh lore lead up so leading up to the the to the game itself there are these beautiful lore stories if you haven't listened to it i highly advise you do don't worry about spoilers because it is all things that have happened before it will actually enhance your first playing uh your yeah your first playthrough please do it's um it's so important that you do that uh and if if not for jason uh who does phenomenal work over at myths and legends podcast do it for old uncle bertie so yeah that should tell you um how much detail they're putting into every single aspect it's like master crafted uh interactive experience creating or game making game designing if you want to say those words there to that level really um and and they've pulled out all the stops and this thing has been in the making for roughly four to five years so um i'm so I, I yeah i i have only admiration and 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 an encouragement and respect for the amount of effort they've poured into this and you can see it in every frame and in every aspect of the game so well done uh, fully deserved any oh no i'm gonna say it right here game of the year game of the year 2018 and believe me when i say this it is going to win best game at the game awards 2018 ah, i'll take no I will take no other okay red dead may give it a little bit of run for its money but however however let's think about this now let's think about you know red dead god of war i'm come on like i i think there's going to be people that enjoy both equally if, if anything it'll be a tight race but i'm personally putting uh my vote for god of war not in a biased way because of a podcast about it at all. It's just what I resonate with most about the story. Haven't played Red Dead yet. We'll see how we go. But damn, it is the only thing. And like, I'm I'm sorry, that's the kind of caliber that we're at now. Um, it, the endeavor of God of War. I'm still at one twenty one thirty, by the way. The endeavor of God of War, in some ways, parallels the endeavor that was Horizon Zero Dawn with uh, the shift from Kill Zone to Horizon. Now, um. You know, Herman Hulst uh, and Corey, they were interviewed together at uh, PSX last year with Sean Layden there and everything. Um, but they had this exchange there, which I, I, I was like, what, what can I like? They're fellow creators. They are uh, in, in these positions of, you know, being game directors and, and writers and everything, or at least, you know, heads of studios or whatever, or like in that sort of leadership position. And I was like, there's a vibe that I see there. And the vibe that like now it, it makes sense to me because they were both in the same situation. They, they were taking a risk. And Herman was like with his, you know, his arms back you know like leaning back into his chair and saying oh and just looking at like the super stressed out Corey and being like ah yep this is the difference and this is where you'll be after you're released 
it wasn't in, in any kind of braggadocious way. It was just like having like poking fun a little bit, but now like just doing this this uh, this kind of yeah long form you know deliberate pace anal analysis made me realize that absolutely uh, it is a massive change up for that studio from what their bread and butter was um and to just the the, the sheer I, I i really hope no clip actually do a beautiful documentary on god of war as well because the way that like for example that documentary examined how they got the right people they 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 did what they had to and in this case uh, instead of um getting too many outside people which i haven't read about extensively there may have been some involvement um uh, from other outside people and not so they didn't uh, actually go out of guerrilla to bring in like john gonzalez who wrote the who wrote the script and everything um and and, and in that way i think it was like the team is as mostly i think still sony santa monica but um but yeah, I think that um, I think that they, they're they're very comparable endeavors, and and there's equal amounts of risk being taken. And I I really do believe though I think that they understood the the, the measure of that. They understood the gravity of that uh, and the scale of of what that shift would mean. And they stepped the fuck up to it. And I really honestly like Horizon, uh, like uh, like Zelda: The Breath of the Wild, and um and Horizon last year is what um Red Dead and um god of war are gonna be it's gonna be the tightest race ever but uh i i have so much respect for and like i, I like her I like legend legend uh, they, i think they were they were on parody for me i think on the earlier shows i said something like breath of the wild like it made me cry it made me like take these moments of like holy crap i'm almost 30 and i had these moments where i thought like literally like, i felt like i was 12 and this taps into the full fulfillment um of what uh of what yeah, like Zelda always was. For me, this God of War is the full fulfillment of what God of War had always had the promise of being. And so many people are being drawn towards this God of War. Uh, I think there was an article, you can look it up on IGN, it says, this is the first time I've cared about God of War. And I have to echo that to the point where I've started this, the, yeah, literally like at God of War podcast on Twitter, please like would love to riff with you about it but that's why i set this up is because it called to me this much uh and it's great to have yusuf and um cygnus and uh james uh, on the crew as well who have like long-term god of war people but this is my essentially first god of war i played with the first one a bit second one i think i rented it but this is this is what's this is the power of, of what this new direction is like i feel i feel motivated to dive deep into the others i this is um how much they're they're uh like the, what they're stepping up to with their 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 craft and their um and their mission this is how much that's the effect that it's having it's it's pulling people from outside of god of war towards it and i have this adage that i say which is that something of a certain level of quality transcends its genre it transcends the context you know so yeah so that's that's basically i, I needed to sort of share that with you so yeah. Okay. So let us crack on um, with the uh, rest of the video now. Before I do that, though, uh, so we were just talking about um, we were just talking about uh, uh, yeah, like the yeah, sort of the the, the uh, yeah. Well, actually, you know what? Let's crack on. Don't want to belabor this too much because you know time is valuable. So let's crack on. So one minute and thirty. Um, we go for. Oh yeah, I just remember what I want to say. Okay. Um, you don't even you don't understand. Uh, the level of detail that's being done here um it's incredible so you need to pay a little bit just, just give it a little shout out you may, may, maybe never pause it again if you don't have to but the particle effects the, like the individual like pine leaves and everything it's it's beyond it's beyond what i even saw at, in horizon which is really saying something and i think Corey and and his team have uh, have gone beyond that for sure okie dokie so let us crack on so we are coming close to one minute and 32 and there we are 
we see the corpse disappear and I think that's all enemies taken care of for now. Um, so hold L1 to block, hold L and then press X to evade, which is great. Uh, I'm, I'm going to adapt to that really easily. Now when we pause here at 135, maybe we'll go a little bit further forward, but we see uh, glowing marks and uh, even further ahead you can actually see, I'll zoom in a little bit further, um, collectible kind of like almost like coins as they were in like shiny coins type thing. Um, just little things are just like leading you forward it's it's really fascinating and above uh, we see something that uh, kratos is able to throw his axe at because we know from later on in the demo that these circular kind of pads he can actually throw them until like stuff kind of falls down so i think he actually is about to do that here but um he's spinning around oh yep not quite yet we have one more and this is great quick turnaround the two more Draugr coming up and oh, he, he's he's about to give him he's about to give him that that old age and rage older and angrier Kratos in some ways, even though he's trying to tone it down and, uh, you know, get a, get a grasp of it for the sake of being a better father. But like, it's so good to see that he's still that insanely angry, angry human being, uh, or, or rather God. So uh, it's, you, got, you can't lose your anger. You need to keep, but, but just harness it as he says. So um, Greg Miller pointed out on his impressions of um, uh, this gameplay about how, like the similarity of, um, you know, Captain America's uh, shield and uh, Kratos' shield. I can't even deal right now because I like I was like, what am I thinking? How is the, what is this reminding me of? And initially I thought like the 300, I, I thought like, uh, um, yeah, like Leonidas and everything. And he's having that Spartan kind of moment where he's holding up the, the shield in front of him and he's got the axe behind him. It reminded, reminded me of, you know, how they hold their spears in that, in that film. Uh, but then it immediately, yeah, see like right here at, um, minute 155 as he sort of squares up the, uh, the Draugr there and, oh, and they're appearing everywhere. Again, watch for those beautiful blue flames coming off the Draugr's weapons. Another, again, I just had to sort of call out that detail. So great because flame, like flame does become blue, uh, at certain points, like a certain level of heat. Um, so there we go. Uh, yep. Yeah, and so, uh, I figured I'd mention here in case you hadn't spotted it, if, uh, this is again, something you hadn't really noticed before, but Kratos still has his sort of, uh, 2008 kind of era sort of, uh, what are they whatever like um sort of greek kind of skirt type thing underneath his sort of uh he sort of keeps it there i think and it adds a great kind of sense of movement when he's like plowing through these draga and um also anytime you see kratos turn towards the screen as he just did at uh, 205 he his face is pure rage and obviously we're behind him we see his bald head mostly but when you see him do he's like maybe he's like he throws the axe back ready to charge it he'll he'll turn towards um He'll turn towards uh, the camera, and we just see this like rage filled. I think they've captured that animation so perfectly. Um, I think uh, Lucy O'Brien from IGN was talking about how like even in these amazing um uh even these in these amazing um games uh you know with like uh like triple a production value uh i think she was even i don't know if she mentioned uncharted specifically but she mentioned like teeth they haven't gotten teeth yet right i think i've been seeing some pretty good teeth game like animation of like the like um the way people's like mouths moves and everything it's like we're getting there i think uh mighty steve said that's a ps5 thing I don't think so. I think we're getting there, even with this generation. But obviously, PS5 will be amazing. Mic drop moment. You guys, you you guys, gals, everyone listening, you do know that we will be getting a God of War on PS5. Just gonna let that be. Let your mind go wherever it will there. And my personal prediction, way way back in 2018, if you're listening to this in 2020 or something, uh, is that uh, by the time PS5 comes out, I think we're gonna see something like Kratos in like fucking maybe Japanese mythology. You know. 
because like obviously probably the premiere of um of uh the new uh, god of war sorry the new the console will be in japan you know because you know shoni japanese company may imagine kratos like going through um japanese mythology or chinese mythology amazing minor little prediction there okay so 209 he's decimating this he's got no chance this droga he's had a he's having a bad tuesday this droga and the explosions are so fucking satisfying oh and little detail my friends right so yeah you're not even going to deal with this because as he takes down this latest one he acquires 19 experience points a new labor against the wall hold up um to show journal However, uh, yeah, two two minutes and twelve. The freaking ashes from the droga they fall onto the grass behind him, and they actually singe the grass. Okay, all right, just gonna leave that there because that is next level design work. It's something that they could have just maybe left by the wayside, and like they could have been like, you know what, hey, we're doing already all these things. That's something that people won't notice. That believe me, it's appreciated, and it has such a, like such a uh, an immersion enhancing effect because to see these things represented and then they even talked about that um on the show with uh, with what's good games you know they see uh ajit shroff he said look hey we knew we'd be giving the, the players this freedom with with their abilities we had to make sure to be authentic um to to that with with the way that the environment reacted um which is going to provide you know unintentionally i think it's going to provide a lot of people just again throwing the axe and having these maybe we i can already see at the thumbnails on youtube a couple months from now funniest things to do with axe or most amazing little details they added like it's it's going to be that kind of game for show okie dokie well out of the 16 minutes of this playthrough we are up to two minutes and 14 so let's brisk let me make the pace a little bit brisker so let's go okie dokie so it's fading out here and i love how it's sort of chopping around so it just like throws anyone off the the idea of um uh yeah th it throws anyone off the idea of of uh, putting together too many things narratively because it's, it's early early days we don't want any crazy spoilers so um so press r1 or r2 to throw the axe hold l2 to aim right and press triangle to recall the axe right um so it's funny because i saw a uh, heavy attack um oh that's that's what we're talking about yep so we're, t we're looking at our l2 right you just hold that to actually get ready to throw the x and then it's our um r1 or r2 to throw the x okay cool so you're, you're interfacing a little bit with left and right there which works because l is like like hold it you know hold l for hold and then like r is like freaking throw so r of throw I, I i i have this thing of like memorizing uh gameplay aspects and like like with how i learn languages it's some, sometimes i kind of have these things of like how to remember controls and remember words so eh, i figured i'd share that with you there um last one standing new labor gained i wonder what that could mean very interesting i'm loving the axe designs they're so Captain America in in, in the best way. And um, little shout out to how uh, Corey mentioned, hey, let's be more Marvel than DC. It's like, you're really living up to that, buddy. Because guess what? Um, that's that's totally that's totally right. Like you, you're going full Captain instead of anything from DC. So shout out to you, buddy. Um, I am quickly seeing, okay, no, I was expecting when lava fell on the smoke, uh, when the lava smell fell on the snow to see a bit of a puff of like maybe steam. I can't really see it here, but 
it's not a very clear shot so that may be the case it may not be we'll see um i'm just going to wonder a bit about this environment obviously looks like uh, ruins we again um paying attention to the blue and the red we see a lot of blue here um sometimes uh, in the direction decorations we've been seeing blue and red intertwined sometimes just blue sometimes just red so i wonder if like in this midgard world there are certain loyalties that certain areas of the world have towards a certain uh yeah like uh, you know, elemental allegiance or something and um be interesting to see if there's like warring factions based on these like different loyalties or whatever so just speculative point there about um yeah the different possibilities of oh it seems like um i'm noticing an enemy that was killed a while ago okay now it's beginning to fade well they do the the um the lava actually stays for quite a while i figured i'd mention that too i mean i am going at a slow pace but um but that's kind of what the impression i get i'm loving the strategic rolling that's so good and very dark souls in a very good way no, I don't want to overplay the, oh, just like Dark Souls things, because that's getting quite rote. But uh, these attacks look so fucking magnificent. The particle effects are just so fucking satisfying. Again, like, that's what made Bloodborne so great for me, is because, like, the spurts of blood and everything. And you don't get that with the with the Dark Souls um, so much. Um, just, it's so satisfying just seeing these things, like, splash. Like, spl tell me that it's not more satisfying to hit, like, if you had, like, an actual axe to hit, like, uh, like a couple of, like, if you've seen um, the slow-mo guys or something, or even the, like, reforged, you know, they actually made um, Kratos' axe, by the way. Check out that video. They made it for real. Um, I hope that, like, hasn't, like, slipped by people. Um, check out that video. They're so good, the reforged people. Uh, and they do, like, slam through i'm actually probably going to rewatch it after this because i'm getting so fucking pumped watching this damn um they like slash through like uh, bottles full of like a cordial and stuff and they just see all the freaking drops of like the, the big sloshes of cordial going everywhere um it's so fucking satisfying um it's so good and i can't even deal because this is like it's like fanta it's like big sloshy fanta <laughs> fanta zombies <laughs> i'm sure some kid is going to be like is that fanta daddy and i'll be like oh well i don't have kids but maybe they'll be like yes that's just fanta okay so i think he's decimated pretty much everyone and a new labor has been achieved as well so, and we fade out again so um 256 and heading into three minutes so this is a little puzzle here speculating a bit about puzzles why not so I think a lot of them will be. I mean, this is again early, early stage. I think as we go further into the further into the the realms, we're going to see like gigantic temples, is my prediction, and much more complex mechanisms where you're going to have to throw, maybe recall the axe and then throw it really quickly again in another direction to pause certain things from like uh, to freeze certain things at certain moments. Um, I still maintain I have a private little hope that we'll get dual wielding. I'm not kidding. You think I'm kidding, but I'm not. Dual wielded uh, like axes of some kind. Uh, that maybe he'll find some kind of legendary Norse axe that, that he'll he'll have too. He can forget about the shield and he can just use those two maybe in DLC. Uh, I remember Cygnus from episode one being like, "Snap! I don't, I didn't even think of that." And I really hope uh, we see that. Um, so yeah, so heading into this, a uh, great. This is our first. Oh my god, the, the blur effects are just so against like maybe i don't know the context of this podcast gives me the best excuse to do this but uh, if, if you're the sort of person who does want to just like view these things at this pace hopefully i've encouraged you to do that but um it's so it's so beautiful to go at this pace and you can see just the detail because these animations they they fly by pretty quickly so this um uh this uh yeah it seems like a pretty like a blue themed fortress and this is like red spoils so maybe it's their enemies so he picks up um, this little satchel which looks amazing and i hope they sell that at some point on playstation gear but it is um hack silver um again just again they could have just done just an animation guys you know we're in we're in that time where you know 
people sort of choose the to prioritize what they will with they with like some some amazing AAA games they'll have someone bend over and not actually pick up anything it just does the animation and in this one you actually saw it so props to all the detail that's being given um so yeah abandoned settlement i'm not seeing too many humans but i'm i'm seeing uh, yeah i thinking like an abandoned citadel of some kind um so as we come up to uh, 327 i am i am in love with these bushes, with these incredibly detailed, again, these people spend so long. Maybe, uh, there's probably some procedural kind of like um, auto-generation kind of software that they do, uh, that they have now to, to generate some of these assets. But um, I am grateful for every little pixel of every little leaf. Seriously, I'm, I don't want to... Uh, yeah, that's that's not like hyperbole. It's, it's fucking amazing work that's being done. So we fade out on that one as well. So back to three on three thirty five, we see our good friend Daudi Kapmander, who is uh, the fire troll. Um, very similar to the fire troll from the first trailer. I believe they could be the one and the same. They look very like the models look almost identical. Um, but I did some research. So Daudi, as far as I'm me and me, the adventures of albert and google translate uh, as dowdy translates to me at least for my end uh, as david and kalpmander uh translates uh, you take away the er the r at the end so sometimes it won't recognize the sort of uh, if you like sometimes things like in, in norse you'll see that they add the r at the end to denote what the old norse uh, would have been pronounced or, or written as um, yeah, well, pronounced as, and so you, you take that away, Kaupmand, and it uh, comes up as um, Trader. So David the Trader is uh, is what the name is. Um, so it's a very incredibly resilient enemy because, like, uh, you know, Kratos is giving these massive, massive chops, and uh, and they're barely doing any damage. But um, I just saw an amazing move, which was a pirouette backwards with a throw which is like almost anime with how cool it is double tap x while moving to roll double use l and press l3 to sprint um amazing so now we have there the the yeah like again it, we, we've got that sort of almost first person shooter kind of sense of like you hold l to sprint uh instead of uh, holding other things which is what um yeah bloodborne and uh and uh dark souls do so figured i'd mention that coolie coolies um so as we see, yeah, we see the, the the meter to the bottom left slowly charging up. I believe that's the rage meter, but uh, or it's special attack meter. But um, I think the meter to the furthest left of the screen. Oh, I see. The top, the bottom right meter is the um, is the the boy's arrows. Understood. Fantastic. So, but yeah, to the furthest bottom left, I, I think that that's what um, uh, could be yeah, the rage meter, which we don't see him activate in this one, if I remember correctly. But uh, but yeah. Oh, we see these floating heads. They look completely terrifying. So you slow this down, and uh, they like the troll must be holding onto these severed heads, maybe for their um, uh, magical properties. They could be like the heads of um, magic practitioners of some kind. So, um, what a weapon with this battering ram of like a pillar from some kind of um, from some kind of temple or something and every time he strikes it it glows full blown with this uh with this magic so wow that's probably how he stays fit he just like carries this thing i mean you would too you'd get his tank as a freaking troll if you carried a gigantic rock with you everywhere so um very interesting i i would like to see even though i am enjoying the combat i would like to see maybe some more peaceful interactions with some of the creatures that's why i'm a big fan of the tapir uh that <laughs> that comes later um okay so atreus has run out of arrows so we see the indicator bottom right um the boss health bar is located at the bottom of the screen i think someone commented on the reddit with how like useful that is sarcastically but hey it's fine also i love the details on kratos's axe which um there is an up and down to it it's not just perfectly round and um 
and uh yeah like uh, it seems as though he'll be able to use that to like like take people's oh gosh this game is so fucking beautiful sorry i had to interrupt that thought there 423 you see the skies turning like red as the battle rages on it's like come on this is like like a painting oh it's so beautiful damn it hurts how beautiful it is so atreus has to retrieve his arrows figured i'd let you guys know that that's something that was confirmed in a couple of gameplay reports including ign that is amazing and i love that and, and like marty sleever i think he said it's more like a cool down time uh, sort of thing um so yeah great i love just that you know here's the thing so again dark souls is full dark souls bloodborne is full on bloodborne and in 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 its in their own way they were in some ways like a little too much for me uh they can be yeah sometimes it could that that, that unfiltered isness of something is like oh that's great and uh, but with this we have the opportunity to say oh what if something was only like 30 percent dark souls like and what that sometimes does it gives you this clarity of like oh my god i only love this thing um like 30 percent i only love this thing you know like that's the part that i enjoy most and i'm getting this feeling from god of war like that it's taken again this adds to the kind of <laughs> childhood come childhood dream come true type thing you know like uh it adds to that feeling that they're just they're nailing this thing. Uh, they're going. They're going down all the right avenues. They're taking literally things from my own um, moments of being like, "What if they could combine this and that?" It's, you know, it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, I won't say it's entirely once in a lifetime because I hope it happens many times. It's all you can hope for. But this is certainly happening with this, and uh, it's taking everything I love about Dark Souls. And and um, um, I've actually spent more time with Bloodborne, so I'll start saying Bloodborne. It's taking. All the best elements of that like the the enemy dodging and everything and um but combining it with this uh yeah the closer like i love the prioritization on animations here like like bloodborne doesn't really like fuck with um um facial animations much and i love that like there's a lot of investment being put into the cinematic presentation here so um but yeah i've paused at 437 by the way sorry i should have mentioned that but anyway as we crack on we saw and we see another one of these glowing kind of green sort of orbs which he passes by uh, he does not collect it um i think it might be hack silver because i'm just looking at it and i wonder what it could be oh it looks like some kind of like a like a brazier or something or a severed brazier um which is like the the top of uh yeah what a brazier is which is, keeps fire so i'm not sure what that could be um we see the floating panels uh yeah that he's able to sort of throw and, and sort of play with with the with the axe there and um dropping some kind of like yeah like a like probably like a treasure chest or something uh i don't know if they did this actually in the olden times of like keeping valuable things like chained to the ceiling uh but if that's the case then that's awesome that fits with this um because yeah it, it would appear that it's some kind of treasure or maybe something to release um a mechanism to open the gate which i think is he's going to do now so yeah 447 he's getting he's aiming and who, <laughs> there's no need to aim when you have basically mule hammer on your side which is uh oh fantastic and yeah by throwing it down he's actually exploded all of the things that were at the bottom of the gate that allows him to access again just clever little gameplay things um clever little um yeah like uh just, just environmental things a little 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 call out to like how the stuff sort of faded away instead of um you know remaining as sort of dynamic rubble that's totally fine I, it's, I really don't care it's fine okay so he lifts this this thing up and there's a tradition in god of war of um of uh you know lifting up uh doors and everything which is kind of cool um to see that carried forward and yeah to see the especially in this scene here the, the lighting in particular oh also little shout out to how he opens this chest which is he doesn't open it he smashes right through that motherfucker it's gone all right latch lock everything 
Not going to give that to Grandma for her birthday. Sorry, even though I would have kept looked like a nice chest. Sorry, but anyway, yeah. If you just zoom here, you can in particular you can really see just because of the lighting, like the definition on Kratos's muscles and everything, and how they react dynamically, and like you can see them like sliding under the skin and like tensing and everything. It's just fucking amazing design work. So, um, a fallen a uh, human being i think at one point yeah it has hack silver and like uh, it's like a, a corpse of some kind incredible such a, and then now we're heading we're heading back out so let's uh, head back out into the world okie dokie and yes let's crack on so as they emerge from this uh yeah this this sort of place where they are um it's uh, I, I i can't actually let's see what can i what can I call it? I, I, I'm pretty much thinking it's a fortress. Although if we pause here, we see a sculpture of a wolf. Yes, and um, it, this sort of ties in with what we see later um, in, in a few moments, actually. Uh, sorry about that. What we see later, what we see in a, in a few moments, which is the um, this sort of wardrobe type thing, or rather this sort of art, artistic sort of triptych that we see. Um, and yeah, I I think this might be maybe like, because it's the, it's the wolves that are talked about, you know, the... Scully and Freki, I think they are, um, who are chasing the sun and moon. So it may be like a, a wolf cult kind of uh, fortress. So I figured I'd mention that. Um, we're at 519, by the way. So I figured I would mention that as well. Hooray. Okay, so onwards we go. Heading up the stairs and look, there's a barrier there. Does he care? No, Kratos does not care. He's got an axe and he's going to throw it through that goddamn barrier. So good night. <laughs> and the most satisfying thing ever is when it comes back. It knocks down those shields. Incredible. Love them so much. And there they are. They're gone. Amazing. And I was surprised that he actually didn't even... He may have even embedded the axe in the thing itself and maybe damaged it. I don't know if that may even be an option, but uh, pretty interesting to think about. Okie dokie. So speculating on this, I actually initially thought, just by uh, its appearance, that it uh, very much resembled the... Um, uh, yeah, the, it, it resembled the, uh, the, the, the act sort of the, yeah, from the stonemason video. Um, and I thought it was actually going to be that. So if you actually pause here at, um, uh, we'll actually wait till the camera sort of zooms out so I can, we can get a full, full view. Um, I'm, I'm sure the, the artists are very proud of their work. Um, it's a phenomenal, beautiful in-game in, in thing. And I'll certainly be lingering on it longer than this player did, but obviously this player has, um, very limited time to show um, sort of uh, that glimpse of the gameplay. So again, we'll have all the time you want. Um, there are all these runes here to translate, uh, which is going to be a, a lot of fun when we sort of see some of the um, uh, videos uh, that'll dive into that. Certainly, I think uh, Yusuf, uh, our uh, in-house rune master, is going to have his crack at that, as will uh, James as well. And doubtlessly, I believe that um, uh, Cygnus will uh, will discuss these as well. So, But this, needless to say, I think they will be essentially discussing and telling the story of Skullian Freki, the... Um, uh, the two wolves, which I hope I'm getting their names right, and uh, I will now verify myself on that count immediately. So, two wolves chasing sun, moon, freki. Let's do this, Google. Do not let me down. Skull and Hati. Apologies. Apologies. Skull and Hati. Okie dokie. And yeah, we see two different figures, one with a beard, one without a beard, um, that are at the sort of top of each side of the sort of wardrobe um, Let's call it what it is. It's triptych, and stop calling it a wardrobe, Albert. A uh, wardrobe is where you keep clothes. This has amazing artwork in it. So there we go. So pressing play, uh, we see a couple of different runes. Um, but to 533, we sort of we sort of see the the widest kind of vision of it there. So to the far left, we see sort of the wolf howling at the at the sun and moon, and 
Uh, I think Kratos is blocking what's happening to the right of the leftmost panel, um, but we do see uh, a raven heading upwards, so south, and a ra raven he heading north. Uh, so maybe the twin ravens of um, um, of of Odin, which is a uh, uh, thought and memory. So Ugin and Munin could be those. So who knows? Um, but in the middle here, yeah, we do see uh, these these wolves chasing. Um, the uh it's funny because the the sun and moon are actually represented as horses as you can see here so there's the sun um and moon and off of each of them or maybe dragging uh it's like they're it's like they're leaving the pure essence of the sun and the pure essence of the moon in their wake uh which is fantastic and i, I love that detail there i don't know if this is based on any kind of ca carvings uh, of these two um doing this uh i because i i don't think i had come across their tale in particular but again it's very early and in, early into my days of, of norse myth diving and that's certainly going to continue far after the release and um yeah we were only just beginning ladies and gentlemen and everyone it's uh it's going to be a fun time and to the to the far right we have the um the red panel so again paralleling this idea of uh the blue and the red um which we're seeing a lot of it there's there's a big prominence too 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 big a prominence of those colors to ignore um and we also see a lot of horse motifs here and um, you know Sleipnir has a great relevance to these uh, myths being sort of odin's mount there as well um and uh, the uh pretty messed up um offspring of uh of, of Loki, who transformed himself into himself, into a female mare, and allowed himself slash herself, because he was a she at the time, although it's still Loki, so it's kind of weird, to be mounted and then to create uh, Sleipnir. So Loki, Beast's father, could be a name for him. I don't know if that's canon or anything, or established in the myths, but Loki has given birth to many monsters, including that monster from, um, if you have seen... Um, Spoilers for the film, uh, The Ritual, um, an incredible monster design there. So I thought I'd drop that there as a little uh, tantalizing niblet for you to watch as we... Um, great film produced by um, Andy Serkis. Um, David Bracker, I think, is the director. I believe messed up his name, but a very beautiful film there. Okie dokie. So let's have a look. Let's zoom into this. Um, it very much just looks like the, the vines of um, or the roots of, of Yggdrasil. Um, I don't see any particular motifs coming, although it is absolutely ornate and beautiful. Um, uh, but what I do love that, that are most prominent are the... Um, are the uh, uh, the statues to the left and right? Um, they could represent sun and moon. Um, you know, uh, you know the age. For example, one has a beard. One has uh, um, doesn't have a beard. Uh, at least that I can sort of tell. Um, that's sort of the, the the one of the and one of them has a hat and one of them doesn't. So it kind of gives me the feeling that it's like one is youth, one is age. And uh, you know, as our life begins, you know, as we're young with the sun and everything, then it sets and uh, becomes darkness with the moon. So maybe that's alluding to that. Um, but uh, yeah, in the rightmost panel is what's happening. Uh, there's like a lot more activity here than in, in any of the other panels. So we see two forces fighting each other, um, uh, two um, uh, people in a, a boat are firing upwards, firing arrows. There's basically a battle happening. And in the middle of that battle, uh, there's a sea serpent, um, people dying in the water and um, the uh, skull and Hati uh, having just finally found and caught uh, the sun and moon and just like, going to town on them so kibble snacks for the legendary uh, wolves of norse myth so pressing play again and this is where atreus is doing his thing which i am 
absolutely in love with, which is the idea that we have a mobile druid slash archer slash Norse law translator with us, which is fantastic. And um, Atreus is by far my most fascinating, like my favorite character so far that I've seen in, in the new title because he resonates a lot with me. I'm very tied into nature and I have a number of tattoos that I've designed myself that uh, have personal significance to me. Um, I'm personally very, very uh, um, apt by the opportunity of uh, possibly um, being Atreus down the line within one of these games, you know, as in controlling him, like following his story there. I don't suspect we will see the end of Kratos at this, even though some people have been speculating about that and saying, oh, I've seen Logan, I've seen old man Logan, and this is what happens at the end. And it's the story of a uh, an older man and, and a young uh, child uh, going on a journey and the, the guy has to die at the end, right? I don't think that's strictly the case at all, so... Do not worry about that with this. I think we're in safe territory with this. Okie dokie. So um, I really dig how um, Atreus is like uh, um, like kneeling down to get a better stability for his shot as he does this sort of sweep and he sort of warns his father there. I see a strange sort of red sigil on the, on the tree to the left. I don't know if that has anything to do with those palm prints, but we do know there are palm prints and um, Greg Miller has talked about the significance of those palm prints um, on the trees, which are the golden ones. Um, I suspect the mother has left them there, but uh, when we get round to the Reddit readout, that's going to be a good time to, you know, look at some of the comments there. And again, little teaser to the fact that I'm probably going to read up on the mother's name unless I forget somehow. But um, so battle's gone, uh, taken place here, it seems. Um, yeah, we just see, uh, it seems like a pretty freshly, actually, no, I just saw the sort of desiccation of the flesh. So no, some of these corpses um, haven't become droga yet. They, um, or rather, they just simply won't because they've been safely carried to Valhalla um, or to Folklanger, uh, the realm of Freya. So either of these places are where you want to end up. Don't want to want, don't want to end up in Helheim, um, and you certainly don't want to end up as a droga, which is um, a, f uh, a being with so much rage that it keeps them in this world, and and that's why you can see the bodies are so completely desiccated and um, being held together by this um, Norse, uh, yeah, this lava kind of stuff. Oh wow, that explosion is is on another level. Damn, just like throws them throws them away. So six eleven we are at now. Uh, yeah, because he just like stamped into the uh, um, into the Draugr's face, and it just caused this massive explosion. So satisfying. Okay, so yeah, so more of this uh, incredible Draugr combat, which I I just can't get enough of, which is a good sign. And oh, surprise! With the assist, the alley oop, um, Atreus coming out of nowhere, mastering his fears, and uh, jumping uh, aboard uh, <laughs> the Draugr train, and uh, yeah, just totally like uh, like he sort of um, distracts them so his father can get a, a good shot. So new labor, judgment of fire. So I wonder if that gives an indication. Is that? Something like an, a, a labor is like a chapter of their story being written in some Norse page. I think that might be what it is. As in, oh, these are the labors of Atreus and and uh, and and, uh, and Kratos, and like, oh, a new event has been added to your myth. So I think that that's what the labors mean. So that's my theory. Okay, I, I think we're going to get to the point at one at one point because he's still taking a few hits to take these basic Draugr down. Oh, no problem. He trips up. Oh, Atreus, I had noticed this. He actually goes full on using the end of his bow and he just straight up fucking trips that damn Draugr uh, to the ground, which is fantastic. Uh, gone. You're gone, mate. That's it. Uh, and then obviously the drug is distracted and, and Kratos can get a better shot. So um, so I'm going to pause here because uh, I need to jump in here with them. Um, we're sort of mixing all the segments together anyway. So talking about the arrow short, 60 seconds. <sighs> I really love that 
that short film um, to anyone who worked on it. I love it so much. It resonates so deeply with me and the relationship that I have with my father and that I'm sure countless um, children have with their parents. So let's expand it out, not just to fathers and sons, but to children and parents. The idea of failing and feeling as though you failed in their eyes and that all they want for you is to give you encouragement. And I, my main takeaway is that he fails with his first shot, but that shot is not over. And it literally, that same arrow is still flying. It flies on. And we see that same arrow, you know, fired by Atreus over and over, but it is the same. That's why the, the spot is called arrow. And it is the arrow. It is the certainty that you will improve, the certainty that you will win and that you will do yourself proud and your and your parents proud and your friends proud um, and you will grow. Uh, and so again, the start of the, an arrow's journey early on, it, uh, it's super, it's not as quick. It's like, it's, 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 you see, you see it hasn't it, like, that's what, what we with an arrow, it, it gets keener as it goes along, you know, uh, as, as it, as it, as it slices through the air, obviously there's air resistance, but a good, a well-fired arrow will find its mark. And that is what is, is being expressed in that short is that you're, if your heart is in the right place and you're doing this for you and you push through, then that same arrow, it's like, it's not the end of the story. Literally the failure isn't the end. In fact, the failure the end of the line with failure is success. And that is what that spot imparted for me. Genius fucking writing. Give that damn video like an Oscar of just fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like the shortest of short films. I want to see it. I'm not even fucking joking. Like to, to, to communicate something so impactful and then have this beautiful epic music and everything, but to communicate that sentiment so impactfully with so few words, like it's just so masterfully done. And then Sunny Suljic and, um, uh, and Christopher Judge in their vocal performances for that, because I believe it was pre-rendered. I don't know if there was any motion capture there, but oh Lord, just on another level. So beautiful. I had to take that moment there so, to give my appreciation for that. And um, you have my vote for, for any and all of those accolades that'll come along that come along that are even given which i hope they are i swear i'll get angry i'll get i'll get you'll hear an angry albert down the line if uh, that uh, spot isn't in some way recognized beautiful as much as i as i say that um with with i've mentioned it to Corey and matt is like it fits so perfectly because this game itself has this has this uh this sense of being a new level being reached. And I, I'm, I, this isn't just me smoke blowing. This is something that is being seen, said around across the outlets, like Lucy O'Brien on the IGN cast said, like, this is um, a God of War to a new level. It feels like this is a new benchmark being set. And I am going to echo that completely. Um, and it only makes sense for, for a spot as beautiful as, as Arrow to come, to have come from a, from a game as, as extensively earnestly taking on the mantle of it, you know, beautifully uh, and like, in every core of it, like emotionally nuanced um, and um, just masterful in every aspect kind of game that is uh, and type of um, interactive experience that is this God of War. So I had to say that, I had to take that moment, you know what I mean? Okay, so back onto it, 632, we're pressing play threat indicators around Kratos. Um, oh, I skipped backwards by mistake. Okay. All right. Oh. It allows me to go full screen even on my computer while we're still recording, which we still are, but I don't want to mess up the recording, so I'll still keep it small screen. Okay, so last one standing. Um, the ash just sort of fades away. 
awesomely. And I again, you, you're looking for these things, especially with this gameplay that has sometimes occasional, sorry, um, repetitive elements, you want that satisfaction. And it is so satisfying to, to, to take down these draw And this is only one kind of enemy, yo. Only one kind. So yeah, threat indicators. Threat indicators around Kratos point towards off-screen enemies. Gold indicators signify nearby enemies. So very easy to understand concept there. So like, yeah, you'll you'll wrap your you'll you'll wrap your head around that one pretty easy. Yeah, and so a little shout out I want to give here to uh, some of the. Uh, um, now that I'm just we're sort of pause on the screen. Um, yeah, it says red to purple signify incoming projectiles. So amazing. So I just had to give a little shout out to the environment designers who have actually said that they they had a like uh, someone who lived close by to that sort of area of the world from Sweden who who gave advice on like the kind of. Uh, like trees it's like no, no no those trees wouldn't leave that kind of um uh, that kind of grass uh, at the bottom of them because the uh they the, the pine needles when they fall there's acid in them so it, it, like the grass wouldn't grow there i'm talking that kind of detail uh ladies and gentlemen and everyone like this is this is what we're dealing with here in terms of artistry so just beautiful and they really could have skimped out on that they really could have played it cheaply especially an eighth entry into a saga um into a series they could have taken that easy way out uh, that that easy that easy route but um no they said this the the endeavor that this represents the opportunity they're honoring this chance to to do something so bold and so different and um and yet that feels completely justified within the narrative so oh gosh by the way ladies and gentlemen and everyone the screen shakes when kratos um catches his axe okay so that in that heft you feel it, it shakes ever so slightly so i figured i'd report that to you if you're um curious about that sort of thing so um i wonder just speculatively about um kratos sorry atreus's like confidence uh becoming higher and higher as 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 the story goes along because i'm seeing him now he, he just totally like el he just freaking shoulder bashes like this is this little boy shoulder bashing this this um uh, enemy out of the way and going back to back with his father like with the with the draga surrounding him it's incredible um okay so this clearing here he's just he's just taking them out and just by the way this is legolas tastic D like i'm i had my whole theory about atreus being um in some way connected to the alzheimer uh uh you know the, the to the elves because of this like thing of the archery and 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 i had speculated that the mother was potentially um an elf of some kind um so he kicks this thing with the axe and by the way it stays in the frozen position as it like like a statue as he as he kicked it along so um amazing and so one of them still stays um uh frozen but uh yeah, he's able to juggle them right up into the air. And that thing is still flying. And he pins the damn thing to the freaking... And that wasn't just from the freaking gameplay trailer in 2016. You can do that. You can pin one of these things to the wall. And he throws this thing all the way up and he pins it to the damn tree. It's crazy. Uh, it's amazing. And I cannot wait to play this game. Oh, my God. I love Atreus's like... Yeah, the reason I said... Sorry, I'll revisit it. The reason I said... um the amazing uh he's just breath of the wilding all over the place just like slowing down time just floating through the air um it's because legolas does that move in in uh, the two towers of just like scooping up onto the back of um uh of the horse and like he's doing that with his jogger like this this tiny little kid just you know just like freaking owning these these creatures okay so we see him access his spartan rage here or these these rage attacks that he powers up that uh when he finishes the attack i believe the meat is going to go down a little bit um that makes no it doesn't 
Interesting. I thought it would. So the meter at the bottom left is starting to fill up, and I believe that's the rage meter there. These meters will obviously grow longer with your stats as they increase. I don't know if there's levels in this one. We'll see later when we um do a sort of close up on the um uh the customization screen with uh, with Brock when that comes up. But yeah, um, so far we're seeing oh the the, the out of focus effects when things are closer to the camera. Ay ay ay. Jeebs. Incredible. Oh my lord. I love it. Um, the lighting is incredible. This opening shot that where he's heading towards um, further, like more Draga approaching. By the way, let's have a little moment here that like this could easily have just been like, oh, here, here, tax him again. No, this, everyone like listening, this is me. This is, this is a reflection of how dynamic and how interesting this gameplay is, is how much it's varying in this five to 10 minutes that we're going to be covering, or sorry, 16 minutes. Like this is interesting to, to look at at this pace, let alone think about how dynamically beautiful and vibrant it is to actually go like the impact of slicing these things. Like I just saw like there's these little, this little sort of um, uh, distorting effect you can see when you actually slice. I, I don't know if that's something, an element that's added once you upgrade your ax, but you can see like a, like almost like a gravity effect, like this orb of like this sort of uh, transparent, or transparent orb sort of appears from, from the point of impact incredible it just looks so good so these drug actually have um their health bars actually um well one of them actually did I, it was one earlier had the sort of fire symbol and i wonder if that means that certain of these um these certain drugger have um uh like increased fire capacity um now he's uh, gonna snipe this freaking drugger from like a million feet away gone that's it essentially almost taken out i think with a few more upgrades that would just be a one-hit kill but he throws it recalls it this is at um uh, almost closing in on eight minutes here. So doing his, again, one thing the commentators have been saying is like, there's the added elements of narrative and exploration or extent more extensive and like deeper narrative, you know, emotional nuance and exploration um, and, and, and combat. But when you get into the combat, that flow, like the combat flow that you can tell that this man, this God rather has had these, um, demigod has had these adventures and that like he's honed his combat flow so amazingly. Um, I, did I just see Atreus dodge blood? I think he did because he knows that. Oh my fucking god, he knows the blood is is uh, is is lava, and and he just dodged it. I if if that if it's that that dynamic, if I see that happen a few more times, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna say that oh, I can't even deal. Okay, that that was actually implemented. I I love these people so much. I love you so Santa Monica, Corey Barlog, Matt Sofos. Uh, Sharon Studhill, you're all amazing, incredible. All the programmers, G Trough, um, everyone. I want to remember everyone. Ref Grissetti, Rance Kovacs, everyone. I'll learn. Okay, Bestiary updated, new entry added. I will absolutely be pressing up when that happens. Um, speaking of up, uh, we have something that I think Kratos is uh, going to be able to climb to. And again, the games designers talked about wanting to be subtle about how to guide uh, exploration and how to guide um, progression. Um, and I think they've done that perfectly here. I don't think I don't see anything too video gamey. Everything looks so good and so real. It's like they went there. I really think Corey actually went to either uh, like to the, I mean, I know that Sharon actually traveled there, but um, but let's not leave that scene. Um, travel to Iceland. I meant to say, but uh, it just feels like Corey actually went to Norse Smith and just like took a bunch of photos and said, "Let's just make this," and they just made that. That's how authentic authentic it feels. None of the assets look like video game at all. It just looks straight up fucking real. It's amazing. Okay, now no, I want to talk about those runes. Um, we didn't get to translating them, but to Treyas, it's 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 very clear that um, like points or knowledge knowledge gained 
sort of moments will happen um, when Atreus. I've paused here at eight eighteen, but the yeah, knowledge gained moments will happen with um, with Atreus and those uh, when he sees the runes, definitely. So let's press play again. Um, this is the uh, kind of haunting scene of uh, or spooky scene rather of all the Draugr sort of being immobile. And um, and yeah, uh, I and then he's drawing his arrow very cautiously, which is fantastic. Or he's grabbing his bow, I, I I believe. Yep, taking it out, which is all super realistically done. No clipping. He he grabs it realistically. This thing. Um, uh, and I just had to notice. I had to sort of give props to that. Uh, the detail, skin detail, has been talked about on other shows about like how like I think Andrew Goldfarb was like, oh my god, the nipple. Like they they designed the nipple so well. I'm like I can agree with you, man. Like the the and then the beard as well and the the skin and everything on Kratos is just on another level. So Atreus right now he's got his weapon out. Um, and this thing comes to fucking life and rages at them both. Um, eight thirty one. Um. Enemy difficulty is represented by the color and number near their health bar, which is great. Yeah, that ties in with the RPGs, definitely. Again, but RPGs, but with that simplified element. And I won't lie, I love RPGs, but sometimes they can be, especially with Witcher. I had to have a moment with Witcher because it was just, just too cluttered. There was just too much, and I'm so glad that there are heads-up display options. And Corey has since revealed that we will have the option to turn off certain elements of the heads-up display, which as soon as I'm good with the combat flow... I am totally going to be doing that. So that's going to be lots of fun. Awesome. I love this sequence so much. Um, well, obviously you can't hear the game, the commentary because it would all be, because at the pace that we're going at, it would be like, blur, blur. but at this point, I really enjoyed um, uh, Sichuman's kind of discussions about like um, prioritizing and, and especially with this many enemies around. Oh, oh, some of them just disintegrate. That's amazing. Okay, so some of them are just setting. I, I, I can appreciate that. So they just... Uh, either a setting that may come to life or something, but uh, oh, he's just knocking them for the fuck out. They're gone, and they do drop things. It seems yes. So one of the things that these droga will drop, and um, is one of those green collectible things, which I call them the weird sort of brazier things. Um, but uh, no, he doesn't pick it up. But um, I'm intrigued by what that might be. So maybe some kind of collectible of some kind or currency. Yep. So um, yeah, some of these are desiccated and like actually sort of dead uh, Draugr that were just placed there. The sort of the statue versions that have like um, calcified or something, and they actually don't come to life, but some of them do. Um, so that kind of adds to the whole idea of like, oh, will this uh, come to life and won't it? Um, I loved just then that Atreus is, he never gets hit by this fucking axe. He's so, again, the metaphors are real. It's like, hey, you're my kid, but don't get in my way. And he's like, I won't, Dad. Uh, I'm, I'm helping you. And that's great. Like, really even outside of the father-son context you just want to be able to help each other in life right not hinder each other and i have this analogy of like are you a uh juggling pin or are you an extra arm to juggle with and it really seems like um atreus is an extra arm to juggle with he's not another thing that uh, kratos has to juggle which is fantastic and i can see that being um ooh, hold l1 and then press r1 to perform a light runic attack runic attack runic attack rather excuse me I can't wait to mess with ruins, my friends, and uh, those two slots. I think there were previously three, but again, I'm happy with with two. That's fine. That that allows more than enough um, customization for me, especially. We may even see increased customization as we go along with the future titles. But uh, but I'm this is this perfect. Perfectly suits this this entry and this trend. You could almost call it. Um, not a transitional entry because it feels like it's totally its own thing, but um, and I don't think God of War's future. Oh, it just rips this fucking thing apart. Get the fuck out of here. Gone. That's it. Nine oh eight. That's the um. Uh, 
uh, yeah, that's the, the Draga done and dusted, had its uh, torso ripped in two vertically. This is the kind of dad that Kratos is. Get you a dad that'll rip your enemies in half vertically, right? Uh, but needless to say, no, I don't think uh, the, the future of God of War is going to become even more intensely RPG. But what I do love is just that sense that they have introduced just enough to make it feel that it's it's got this. But also not so few elements that it's like, well, what's the point of making it an RPG anyway? I think they're fully justifying their um, action-adventure RPG title. They're, they're, they're not lacking uh, on any of those fronts. So I'm a big fan of that. Big fan of that. Okay, these are heavier dragas, you can see. Heavier built, harder to get rid of. And it seems that when you attack them, their rage meter might increase because now I notice that the, the bar underneath the health, the life bar, the life bar is, uh, it charges every time you attack them, which is interesting to me. I think that might be a, a, maybe a case where they themselves gain a, a special attack that like you need to watch um, that bar getting uh, higher and higher. Oh, ooh, I believe this, um, uh, these sort of uh, more colder um, colored um, Drager, um, they have uh, they have this ability to, yeah, to, to, to fight to fire these projectiles, I think. Do they have three arms? I, for a second, it looks like they do. But no, one of them has like a this a minor, um, uh, yeah, the, the the power that the same that the troll has. Yeah, these these are the, like, I'll call them dusk Draga, right? Because they like darker colored, um, and yeah, they have these fiery left arms, which is that same um, uh, that same uh, kind of magic that the uh, um, that the fire troll has. So it's like, yeah, you have to watch these things having the magic of their own. And yet, it, it, it I think with attacking these uh, Draga, they're they're. Uh, sort of a rage bar or whatever um, uh, increases as you attack them. And it's about to reach red now. So I'm going to see, oh, hit R3. Oh, I see. I believe that the uh, the R3, yeah, the, yeah, the R3 actually appears, um, which I don't know if he actually just did that now, but um, when the the meter is filled um, underneath the Draga's health bar, R3 uh, um, appears as an option, which could be, I think that's the optional takedown that you can do there. So you can keep preserving your energy or you can you can use it there like a special attack. So incredible. Uh, the particle effects are on another fucking level. They look so damn good. I am finding it difficult to even deal right now. And the Dusk Draga is like, very very tough kind of enemy it seems and um it seems like it's immune to being frozen as he's trying to do the player but uh, he took it down anyway so yep no doubt no um doesn't surprise me new bestiary um entry added or bestiary updated new tip added um which is probably i think going to parallel maybe something like the witcher um so now let's pause quickly here because we have a few icons here now where before there weren't any so if we zoom in uh at the top, there's an icon that sort of resembles like an axe with like frost power, which makes sense. And to the left, we see something with like hearts and like, um, so it might indicate something where if you switch to that attack, uh, it'll give you health when you attack maybe. And on the bottom, um, sort of an ambiguous looking symbol. Um, it, it could be something like a magic attack though of some kind, maybe flame. So just figured I'd take that quickly aside at a minute 9.52. So we're rounding out into the last six minutes of the gameplay uh trailer I'm, i i had to i had to do this deep dive and if there's any other gameplay um for the next episode of god of War podcast i'll be doing a deep dive in that too so yeah and what's going to be really good is as we revisit oh yep so i see the icon um uh the icons uh, down below sort of oh they have this frosting effect again these little details people you know 
it's it really it really adds to everything so um he and atreus just having a chat here so 10 minutes we've just crossed it and um kratos by the way the finesse of that clip of how he clips his axe amazing so the journey path to the mountain escape the ruins these are your objectives and we see a sigil or rather a symbol of the the white hand print or with the gold kind of thing around so the idea is maybe the mother um left her handprints um along a, a certain path that she wanted she would have wanted um kratos or she intended for kratos and atreus to, to take that path so i find that very intriguing and you know that wasn't even me reading into any kind of like comment or anything that's something i have to do on my own so i'm happy to to say that i did that amazing so now that the enemies have been disposed of, we're seeing Kratos do a bit of collecting around. I really hope he picks up one of those green things. I really hope so. Oh, we see another rune here. So again, shout out to the to the lore um to the rune people out there who are going to re read this. Um, I've got the audio turned down obviously because I don't want to hear any kind of like um, uh, crazy gobbled slowed down music voice. But um, as I jump out of this one, I'm going to be watching this one again, watching the making of the axe again because I'm in full like it's just even going at this slow of a pace it gets me so amped. So um. I just I love I love this aspect of the story that it's about learning as well, not just about fighting. So you're there learning as a father to to be a better father to your son, and then you're there like um you know seeing um Kratos learn, right? So a lore added, okay, no law, new law found, and this is the moment that I remember standing up on my couch and being like, nothing makes me happier than the idea of like learning lore in a world. I have to do it right now. I have to stand up right now. This is literally the thing that makes me insanely grateful. Like it's my it's my favorite thing in games it really is to just like come across like it's something that the uh, bloodborne and like the dark souls don't really do is they, they give you these little notes you know um these are sort of fragments but uh, and that that definitely has its place but I, I love the idea of like once we get into some of the menus we don't see anything with the journal here um but uh the idea of that he'd be writing all this stuff down as he goes along he takes his book out and everything it's fantastic so shout out to um, promoting both um awesome gung-ho like uh game like yeah like like what is it um you know archery <laughs> i want after this for fathers to like sign up for archery classes with their kids and then also hey you know treus he's he's out there with his books like he's a he's a good kid you know and we un we underestimate how much these things can be amazingly awesome role models right um and that's what i see happening here so i, I i'm i would be really happy to to, to see oh oh to see that have a really good effect of like people being like i want to be like atreus you know equally badass with my with my bow as i am with my education yeah i love atreus's thing of like he goes he doesn't care he will attack feet first and just push off this thing and then shoot it in the fucking face so he's brutal in his own way he's got his own um uh crazy crazy oh he's picking up his arrow yep i'm seeing it happen there fantastic um so when he fires he he he, he doesn't lose that arrow he's uh that's his cooldown it's amazing and it's so realistic god again the fucking genius of combining narrative and mechanics people just leave that to the wayside a lot of the time they don't have that sense they don't I, I well either it's not a priority for them which it's totally fine for some games you know maybe it won't serve but like that that they made it a priority to make these cooldown periods justified within the mechanics is genius and that merits its own moment of appreciation which i'm happy to render right now on this show for sure heavy draga uh, is going nuts heavy draga is angry 
Heavy Dragon did not have his Dindins. Um, 10 minutes and... Oh, no, we're up to 11 minutes now, so we're screaming through now. Um, this battle seems pretty intense, and again, it looks like the health bar has been divided into two, which may indicate, as it probably did for the boss, um, that these things have two different stages in their attacks, um, which which falls in line with um, how heavier enemies have, like, like, you know, the closer you get to sort of boss level of difficulty, multiple stages kind of fits. So, oh, these things look dangerous. They just look sort of heavier built. Like they, oh, 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 no, 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 this, oh, get the fuck out of here. All right, listeners, 11.07 at this trailer, we can fucking crash tackle these things. I saw a dedicated animation to Kratos pushing this thing away like it was a rugby tackle here in Australia, or rather an, an NFL tackle for you guys there in the US or whatever, like, it's insane. So he'll just tackle them, and no, it won't, no, 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 it doesn't stop there. He'll grab it and he'll throw that thing bowser style like mario 64 bowser style into the abyss which totally happened and it's amazing and um yeah so these heavy drug i think they may be like half trolls or something they look pretty heavy set compared to um or like just as heavy set as 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 uh as kratos in that way so definitely not thin and wispy drug are these ones and um where is the trace right now being super resourceful and oh i think he's actually fighting them off his son right there yeah atreus is on the ground he's just like what do i do <laughs> which is fine like it's it's perfectly understandable for like a what is it like a 12 or 13 year old to get super overwhelmed in these moments so he's just crouching there um and you have to you have to look after him not in the way that you're like responsible over like um that he's going to be that thing of like, oh, keep him alive or anything. He's super resourceful, but just in terms of mechanics, it seems as though like there are going to be moments where it'll make gameplay sense for you to want to attack that crowd, and you will attack them anyway, even if they weren't protecting the sun. It like it fits, so it's it suits both both aspects, which I really love. And again, doing this great thing which Corey did, which is like, I'm sure by this time of like this this uh, you know franchise existing almost ten years over ten years. To have, to have accrued a, uh, a, a sort of a player base that is a big fan of oh my god excuse me sorry like light like it seems like time actually stopped at 11 33 there's this amazing kind of orb effect that happens yep time is a fuck he stops time he stops time everyone that is amazing and and he throws this thing and the axe goes at like double time because like everything slowed down the axe goes in the exact same speed as it would in normal real time so that gives you an, an indication of how fast these things this this axe is moving oh my gosh i got completely sidetracked by how awesome that was which i'm more than happy to to do that um uh i'll listen back to the episode later and uh, pick back up on that maybe on on my next recording that was just too amazing for words Oh Lord, I highly recommend anyone listening to 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 really. I know you might not do it for anything. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was talking about um. Yeah, please listen to watch this gameplay at this speed. You won't regret it. You really won't. Um, but yeah. So Corey has said, you know, like we we didn't want to lose that brutality. We didn't want to lose that um, uh, that aggression. And it's it's true. Um, to uh to have um. To have accrued this this sort of uh, player base of people who probably like very aggressive, very fast combat, he wasn't phased. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna add this this sun, and I will guarantee he won't be annoying. I guarantee he will not be a burden, and that is one thousand percent the case. And he has stepped up to that, and what an amazing thing! And also, oh, I just noticed that uh, Atreus celebrates for you because you know Kratos is a bit too jaded for that, I suppose. But um, when you win, he'll he'll celebrate, which is fantastic. It's it just fits. I am so grateful. This this is how to AI. This is how to AI. This is a partner 
done right in any medium so i like that he's like bending over being like us oh, sign of relief like he's bending forward just being like oh, like out of breath which is so cool very characterful animations please pick up one of those green things oh my god thank you what are they do they just explode it seems that way that's crazy i thought that was a collectible must be some kind of anyway never mind uh, so this is uh, kratos and atreus climbing and with these sigils here i wonder if we look through i'll uh, maybe do some stave researching and see what each of these staves mean um but that it it certainly fits and again the gameplay designers are like um how do we convey where we want the player to climb and um i think rune suit and they can they can either indicate they who knows if they're within figments of something that maybe they are being shown by the gods or something or whether it's something carved it certainly looks carved in but um i love the traversal here it really works um i love it yeah i think it's it may be multi-interpretable i wonder if they'll explain it in the universe but the idea that the, the like a surface will have runes on it to indicate that you can climb it i like that um and i think they'll find again I, i've only seen them justify these things narratively uh, so far with all these things like with combat and everything um so i think the with the immersion we're going to see something really deft and streamlined that i have i haven't learned about it yet um but uh oh i think we're entering revenant territory i think we are that's amazing Gosh, I love the Revenant fight. I cannot wait to see it again, especially at this slow of a pace. You can pick more things up. Um, gosh, the Revenant's a Seder magic. Uh, my, my pal Cygnus has done a whole uh, bunch of videos about that. I find this to be super intriguing because guess what? Like You can't fight this enemy without Atreus. Atreus is the, it brings the magic. Uh, and you certainly have ruined powered attacks, but you can't even get close to this thing unless you have some kind of ranged... Um, uh some ranged fire right so um and that's what atreus brings so great oh, gotta hand it to the people who did that arrow um uh short film as well it's so beautiful 60 seconds such an incredibly expressed narrative idea that uh, you're helping your father after failing initially and everything but anyway so a great incredible mood here the lighting is on another level so beautiful and so moody and you know that something's going to go down here um also shout out to the firelit little outdoor office that's happening there um and here she comes the revenant who is not an old frail woman by any chance she may have the appearance of it uh in like a static photo by the way everything has melted away that haze that that magical haze is gone and her face which is completely terrifying it's like I, I just saw like a, a face that was like imploding in on itself. Maybe I didn't get quite enough of it, but she's certainly shape-shifting in that very terrifying way. So um, so she affects the atmosphere around her. So in the same way that the Golder stag did, it sort of affected the, uh, the seasons. Um, we see this creature being able to create like a fog around her, which is very Blair Witch and very frightening. So I love it. So you take some damage if you fall into any of her sort of traps and the, the screen kind of um, lights up red. Um, so uh, Atreus uh, giving a, an attempt at yep she he, he gets it amazing and I think this is the the player pressing the sun button saying hey fire 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 at this woman and she is stunned and we see great contact being made here uh, taking off a nice uh, maybe um, 10 to 15 percent of health and then she vanishes again um, and is able to sort of travel behind and through Kratos which is very terrifying for an enemy to be able to do that the rocks look so good Jesus, that I'm even getting distracted by that just tells you about the environment artists. They need to win an award for this best environment art or something. It just has to win all the awards. This, so yeah, she's absolutely terrifying. Um, so I believe it's it must be some kind of like skinned, uh, wolf um skull that has still has um 
still has some kind of uh, skin on it. And then her face is completely obscured, um, which makes it even more terrifying. So she's moving so rapidly around her staff, which again, that's probably where she gets her power from. Um, and uh, we're up to an, uh, the ability to R3 this bitch. <laughs> and that is happening right now with a kick to the fucking face. And we're going to see Kratos just going deep. And now I'm able to see a little bit more of the details with this closer view. Grabs her and just pummels. Yep, we can see the face underneath there. So yep, she is, she's gone. One chunk of health after another, after another with a knee to the face. And ladies and gentlemen and everyone, this fucking bitch is gone. This fucking like, like dark magic wielding, long necked evil fucking probably child eating demon is, is no more thanks to Kratos and breaks the neck, throws her down, slams her all the way. Like, oh, grabs her and pile drives her right over his fucking shoulder into the ground and she just explodes all right so that is what a revenant that it, that's what awaits awaits any revenant that is in kratos's way fucking you're gone see you later bitch um we see a collectible i don't know if he ends up picking it up but um we i missed out i was so focused i was so amped by this like even going at the slow of a pace i missed it so i'm gonna re new kill labor revenant's ruin so i need to i yeah I believe the labors are lore. They're, that's what they are. Oh, actually, if you pause here on this ending screen, we see a beautiful set of Icelandic staves. Um, I have no knowledge of these ones in particular, but I will be doing a follow-up deep dive for that one with one of my Runetastic co-hosts, or if I come across one of the amazing folks who are likely breaking down this gameplay as thoroughly as I am, that they have um, some interesting insights and in what to, uh, that might mean. It's just it's always fun to pick up these little things, even if they're just little environmental details. So... Particle effects are in effect, in full effect uh, right now. Um, imagine all the different ways that that fight can go. I foresee many different playthroughs for myself with this game. It's going to be good. Really good. Okay, so we cut out to probably my favorite scene of this entire gameplay trailer, even though I love the, the, main, the main kind of gameplay chunk that we've discussed. I've mentioned it before. I stood up before, and I'm probably going to stand up again. My personal, like, like gratitude generating minutiae that i love about rpgs especially the uh, games like this that um you know do that rpg action uh exploration act you know yeah action rpg you know um i love that they have these these vendors and the uh, the idea of the vendor taking you to their little hovel their cozy little house where they'll make you a new weapon and that you can kind of well here you aren't able to relax really because you get attacked by the drago but presumably that like that ends and that you're actually able to hang out there it's just this great sense of respite uh, from the journey and i see the tent there and we're about to zoom in on my amazing brock brocky the blue boy <laughs> His amazing a tapir, which is now I get a nice 1080p slowed down view of it, and it is this big, beautiful, charming. Um, yeah, it's a tusked tapir, which is just a beast of burden, which is talked about. Yep, it's a giant tapir, and I it's a giant tapir, and I'm in love. I love it so much because uh, that's where what Brock uses to um, Brock rather uses to uh, yeah travel around and he set up his little tent it's like lit by the fire and yeah I, I love it so much okay let's expand the screen my friends because guess what's happening now we're diving into upgrade time so this is amazing i i am i am in love and i'm going to go through each one of these icons with you and we're going to break this down okay so as we open up into brock's little shop which brock's shop rhymes and that's awesome and i love them so much and 
<laughs> yeah, can't even deal. It's literally like it's one of my minutiae that I love about games is like the idea of being able to pause, just rest, upgrade your items, especially when there's a fire nearby and it's like late at night. That's where, like, believe me, those moments in Breath of the Wild, that was real. I was like, this is fantastic. I have this minutiae in real life of really enjoying like how like light, especially lamplight or torchlight, candlelight looks at night when it's like illuminating either trees uh, or like a tent. It's just, and especially if it's raining and if it's at night, it's just my ultimate fucking thing that makes me happy about being alive. It's so good. So I'm really digging uh, Brock's little setup here. Um, and right before we go into the menu, the little lovely little tapir lady uh actually um looks over to brock and uh, we switch to the screen so here we go so welcome to dwarven shop 